It is Thursday. That's right. It's Thursday. It's Thursday, dear. It is March, not 7th, ladies and gentlemen. I wish it was. It is March the 4th, 2021. I am Stephen Bielhausen from DAZONE, and the man to the right, the sexiest man in all the land, definitely the sexiest man in Puerto Rico, is boxing returns to Puerto Rico tonight. Big card on NBC Sports Network, Sergey Bahachuk, Brandon Adams. I think it's going, it's finally in the ring. It was like one of the worst ring delays from what I was told in the history of boxing. So, can never expect any less from the sport of boxing. But, Daryl, what is going on with you on this beautiful Thursday night at 10.07 Central, 11.07 Eastern? 807 out in Sin City. I mean, I'm doing fantastic after that intro. I mean, flatter me, Steve. You flatter me. Plus, it's a good week to be a combat sports fan. So much going on. AEW was great last night. NXT was great last night. And you got, in the next coming days, you got SmackDown, who's, that's been pretty decent. Then we'll get into AEW Revolution, which is on Sunday, which is going to be awesome. Sunday. US, what? Sunday's going to be a great day. Oh, yeah. And then you got UFC on Saturday, and David Benavides is fighting on Saturday as well. It is a good weekend. David good Benavides weekend. is fighting next weekend. Next weekend. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm not too excited about David Benavides steamrolling uh... – Ronald Ellis, I'm not too – it doesn't really tickle my fancy per se. All I'm saying is I get to see him fight. doesn't matter against who. I'm that boxing fan. As long as I get to see the guy perform, I don't care who he fights. But if I can get the big fights, even better. Even if he's facing a first-rate bum? Sure. I get to see somebody get their ass kicked. Hey, everybody was knocking Canelo for fighting uh, Yildirim. This past weekend, and you know what? I enjoyed the hell out of it. But see, there's a big difference, though, when you're comparing David Benavides and Nello Alvarez. I'm not comparing talent. I'm comparing the situation. How dare you even compare? You have the gall. try to pretend you just didn't compare Canelo Alvarez to David Benavides. I wasn't comparing the fighters. I was comparing the situation. I'm just saying I'm the boxing fan that enjoys watching the talent perform regardless of whether they fight a top talent or a first round bump. Well, you always try to be like very you always try to be very politically politically correct. Pretty much, yeah. Why? Because it comes with the territory of like learning how to speak English in my, my end. Keep in mind, English is my second language, so I always try to make sure that I'm like, hey, like going correctly here and not mispronouncing what I'm supposed to say. So it's always like a little OCD part of me that I'm like, hey, I got to be on point. Why do you need to be OCD all the time? 
You're a sharp guy. Hey, it comes with it. If you heard me, if you heard me talking in Spanish, that's an entirely different thing. Wait, so English is your second language? What? Yeah. No, really? I was I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Wait a minute. I'm surprised you didn't know this. I did not. I've known you a long time. And I am just learning this today, four years later? Yeah. Well, shame on you. Why me? Because <laughs> you should have told me this. What? Hey, wait, wait, wait. Why should I have brought that up? Come on. Really? You should know this. You should know the answer to why. That is fair. But I'm the same disappointed in your performance right now. All I'm saying is, at school, I did a couple podcasts in Spanish, but I didn't do it that often. Always had to talk in English, never in Spanish. I don't see AJ Scalzetti breaking out the Spanish speaking in boxing preview at IMS. Shout out to AJ, though. He sucked at fantasy football this year, so just a quick shout out over there. Now, I'm still very perturbed that I did not know this. Yeah. I'm flattered that you didn't know this. I don't get flattered by a lot of things. But I'm just very disappointed. I'm very disappointed in you. I don't understand how. Now think about why. Why would I not be disappointed in you? I don't know. (laughs) Why would you be? (laughs) Why do you think? Because he didn't tell me. I should know these things. We're like brothers. We're more than brothers. You let me down. Is it is it that I let you down or that you didn't know so you let me down because you don't remember? Now see, I wouldn't let you down because I wouldn't remember stuff like you said with my wife. <laughs> and yes, I said that. I went there. I mean, what can I say? You should apologize. Why should I apologize? It's in my name. Like on the Twitter handle. What do you think Boricua stands for? <laughs> oh, I know what Boricua stands for. Thank you very much. But the point is, you're letting down the team. You're letting down the kids. I still don't understand how. Because you didn't tell me. Like, I've told you I'm Mexican. And I told you I'm Puerto Rican. And somehow we get along. But after right now, I don't know. I don't know if this friendship's going to last too much longer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really questioning right now my views towards you. I really am. Because you could have just told me. Well, there you go. And we could have went along our merry way. It's not something I bring up often. You get not a lot of people know that either. 
Imagine a Spanish guy named Daryl going around. He's like, oh, wait, you're Hispanic? <laughs> like, I call people that I'm Mexican, and they sit and look at me, and they're like, no, you're not. And I'm like, here's a picture of my mother. My mother couldn't look any more Mexican. Dude, I talk to people for a living and it's over the phone. And I tell them, hey, yeah, my name is Daryl. He's like, oh, Spanish? I'm like, yo puedo hablar español, como le puedo decir? And they're like, wait, your name is Daryl. How do you speak Spanish? I'm like, listen, listen. There's a lot of people out there that are just dead fucking stupid. It's insane. I don't people- know why there's so many people that are that fucking stupid. I yeah. wish I had an answer for their stupidity, but I really don't. I really don't. There's just a lot of stupid people in the world. I don't even know fingers and toes to try to explain that, by the way. No. I don't understand. But I don't know how we got even caught up in that conversation. But you can find us. Either. We're on Twitter at Walkway Fight. We're also on Instagram, the uh, Walkway to Fight Club, all in lowercase letters. As you see there, right, you can find Daryl on Twitter at DYBarico21. And I am at and JR. Got a cool little scoop. You know this already. At the end of this podcast, don't. When we're off of Facebook, we're off of Facebook. But when we get off of Facebook, the audio will be uploaded by tomorrow morning. And at the end of that audio, is an interview with John Moxley as he will be facing Kenny Omega. Oh, I can't even wait to say this. For the AEW World Heavyweight Championship this coming Sunday in the main event of Revolution in an exploding barbed wire death match. I'm going to say it one more time. John Moxley challenges Kenny Omega for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship in the main event of Revolution on Sunday. My 40th birthday. Happy birthday to me. Thank you, Tony Khan. In an exploding barbed wire death match. We'll explain what that means in a little while. Because God dang damn it, I am excited. I want to see that. It's going to be amazing. But before we get to Revolution, let's talk about the Shack Attack. My God. The Shaq attack last night, Daryl. He invaded AEW. And he came out a winner last night. Him and Jade Carhill defeated Cody Rhodes in Red Velvet. It kicked off the show. Daryl, your thoughts on the big Aristotle in his AEW wrestling debut? I was was surprisingly impressed by everything I saw. Like, it was a very well done. The fact that they started off the show with Shaq, they just show you, hey, let's get as much attention to the product as we can right off the bat. Don't let it breathe. And you know what? It worked. And I didn't – I expected this to be the main event. When you see Shaq come out and the match that he and Cody put on, because Shaq is not a wrestler. That was obvious. But he made it look pretty – Pretty good. And you know what? He took that table bump like a champ. I literally had to, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh my God, is he okay? Then you see the the little, uh, you know, double tap on the back. I'm like, okay, he's fine. He's good. (laughs) That table bump. Now, even before that, 
We've seen a little bit of everything from the big diesel. We saw some chops. We saw a back body chop. And my favorite thing, the Brody Lee powerbomb. That was fucking awesome. I marked out big time. That entire thing was great. I don't think you could have put... It was a perfect matchup for Shaq. You managed to hide him in a tag team match. You got Cody, who can sell his ass off, and make Shaq look like the monster that it could be. And then you end up selling it at the end with that table bump. I still can't get over it. Not just one table. Two tables. Dude, those things exploded. i never seen a table break like that. That thing... He sold that like a million bucks. <laughs> if you think about that, he sold that like a million. He sold that like someone shot him. <laughs> I swear to God. If you guys have any questions or comments on your, on your thoughts on the wrestling debut of Shaquille O'Neal, any questions about that? We're going to talk UFC. We're going to talk some WWE a little bit later on. Yeah, any questions in general regarding combat sports? Any questions about Daryl? Just letting me know right now. Letting me know right now English is his second language. I'm not buying it because his English is excellent. So I'm calling BS on that one. BS. So if you got- born, born and raised in Puerto Rico, I mean. I knew you were born and raised in Puerto Rico. I knew that. But this whole English being a second language thing. I didn't think that at all. There you go. Man. I didn't think it at all. But, you know, this match served a great purpose. You know, and the purpose, I, to me, worked. The purpose was to get two women over. Yeah. And you sure as hell got them over last night. And I think for that, well done. They both look good in the ring. Very min, very low experience in the ring. They didn't. You couldn't tell. Very impressive with Jade. Red Velvet more than held her own. And Jade Carhill got that star power. She has something. I don't know what it is yet, but she checks every box that you need to beat it. You couldn't ask for a better start. Then working with the Shaq Diesel. And the match during the matches, you can like you can tell at some points that she was inexperienced, but her heel here tack like the heel tactics and everything really hit it well. Like she looked like a veteran, you know, heel character that lacked wrestling experience, but at the same time she hit it well. So it was a very well done performance. It made her look like a star at the end of the night. And that's what the goal was for the entire match. What did you think of the match going on first? Because I thought it was a very good idea, just in terms of you you, you need to hype your pay-per-view. Yeah. So putting that on first, I thought ended up, I thought was the right move. Yeah. I know there were some people that agreed with it, but I also seen some people that disagreed with that assessment. If you had the pencil, was that match in the right spot? Or would you have maybe put it at the top of the second hour? Or would you have put it to close the show? 
it it was at the right spot because you drew, you basically got everybody invested right away. Not only that, you knew that this match wasn't happening on Sunday because of the All Star Game. Shag is nowhere gonna he was nowhere gonna be found uh, around any AEW pay per view. Not only that, it wasn't. It was an attraction match. So it's a basically get as many fans in as you can and just keep them there. And AEW is doing like any show. They do that. Well, they grab you and they keep you on the show. They don't let you change the channel because there's so much going on. Having this match first already gets the attraction out of the way. And the rest of the car is just building up for the pay-per-view on Sunday. That's the whole purpose of a go home show. And they did it perfectly, in my opinion. No, I agree with that 100%. Now, Shaq had promised, all oh, this is going to be the greatest celebrity match of all time. What did you think? Is it the greatest celebrity match you've ever seen? Or do you, or do you think it was good, but it wasn't the best one I've seen? Do you consider Floyd Mayweather was Big Show celebrity match? Absolutely, because it featured a celebrity. Then, well, boxer type. Yeah, sure. I don't think it's the best one, but I do think it's top five, top three, maybe. I would have to sit and look at every single celebrity match, but. I would have to say top five. Yeah. You got to look at what Pat McAfee did last year with Adam Cole. I thought that was exceptional. D'Angelo Williams with Impact. I thought was really good. Well, as Pat McAfee, I get it. He's a football player, but at the same time, he's trending. He's trending that way, though. I'd still have to say celebrity. Okay. I'd still have to say celebrity. Mr. T in the first WrestleMania? Mr. T, you have to, I think you have to say that's number one, just based on just the fact of the significance of the match. Look at what they did for WWE. The fact we're still t- we're talking about it 36 years later says something. Yeah. You know, it shows the significance that the match had. And I think that's fair. I think it that match stands on its own. Dennis Rodman, you know, look at both Priscilla. of his- with Hogan at the, those two straight bash at the peaches, Carl Malone. I love Carl Malone in that second Rodman match when he teamed with DDP with him. You know, you got to give Carl Malone his credit as well. David Arquette, world heavyweight champion. <laughs> you want to talk about some of the worst? There you go. I think he's right up there with Snooky. Oh God. Oh come on, hey, you're not digging. Uh, you're not thinking Snooky? Listen, when that happened, I didn't know what a Snooky was. You're not fist bumping? As soon as that match happened, I'm like, what the hell is a Snooky? And then I saw her on the paper. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, wait, isn't she from Jersey Shore? Which I hate that show. And I was like, I'm done. Get loud. Get busy. Get Hey, I got to admit, I watched Jersey Shore at one time. Not going to lie. I can't. Oh, come on. Who don't love themselves a good train wreck? Come on. No. You can't tell me at the later stage of Mike Tyson's career, you didn't watch it just because of the train wreck. <sighs> as much as a big of fight fans as we are. 
It's a different, it's a very different thing. Mike Tyson coming back and fighting versus Snook, watching Snooki and Jersey Shore. That's two very different things. You say tomato, I say tomato. I, I think it's more tomato and you're saying like potato over here. Like it's two very different things. We're not we're not in the same category here. We're not even in the same book. They give your best celebrity wrestling matches. Leave a leave a comment. Any questions on or comments on Shaquille O'Neal? Let's we got a couple here, so let's let's get right to it here. Oh, Richard McPhee, my man. What's up, Richard? Pissed off no sold the power about unbelievable that bullshit. What did you make of that? That's a that's a good question. I mean, good comment. It is a good comment. I get where he's coming from, but at the same time, I at the end of the match, I knew what they were going for. At the moment, I was like, okay, yeah, that's kind of what the hell. That's this big move, and you're already not selling it. But at the same time, I knew what they were going for. They were the attraction, but they weren't the purpose of the match. So I'm fine with it. The main thing was getting Cargill and or Cargill and Red Velvet over, which I think that's what the match accomplished. See, I think you got to sell the power bomb. You got to sell that. It's a power bomb. It's not like he got body slammed. It wasn't like we saw it like it was a clothesline. Taking a freaking power bomb. Come on. I agree with Richard on that one. Agree to disagree. Uh oh. We lost DY there. I think DY just hit a button. We'll read this here from Richard. I still think Impact is on fire better than AEW. Huh. I would like to know your re- your thinking on that, Richard. Just because, well, don't get me wrong. Impact is producing some great stuff right now. I'm not going to lie. Impact's pumping out good content. Yes. There he is. He's, he's back. Definitely agree. Impact is popping out good content. Is it better, though, than AEW? No. I agree. I now, AEW's making Impact more relevant. Yes. Yes. And that's not to take away from the guys at Impact. Guys and girls no. at Impact. They're knocking it out of the park right now. I just, I'm not convinced yet. Just not convinced at this stage of the game that they got a long way to go. Yeah. They got a hell of a women's division, though. Yes. Man to the right, Taylor Rivera, combat sports journalist. I am Stephen Mielhausen from the zone. Don't forget, if if you have to leave it all, and you've missed anything up to this point, the audio will be up tomorrow. And it will be up, and it will feature at the end of the audio. Do not just say, because when we do our close, don't leave. I will have it. I have an interview I conducted yesterday, a 30, almost a 35-minute interview with John Moxley with headlines. This Sunday's Revolution live on pay-per-view against Kenny Omega for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship in an exploding Barbed wire death match. You can find that podcast with John Moxley, along with this, 
tomorrow. It will be at 5 a.m. So just subscribe, rate, download, review the Walkway to Fight Club podcast. It will feature at the end of this. It'll feature the one and only John Moxley. Talking about revolution. <laughs> Let's get to the preview. Revolution taking place. Haley's place out in Jacksonville, Florida. Live and only on pay-per-view. You can stream it on BR Live. And for the international fans, guys can watch it on Fight TV. You're so Jack for this show, Daryl Rivera. You are thinking about ordering the pay-per-view. I am thinking about ordering the pay-per-view, yes. Why has this pay-per-view captured your attention? Well, the fact that they have a match that's named an exploding barbed wire match between two guys that had an obscene amount of violence in a lights-out match just over a year ago. And it was pretty entertaining, to say the least. It has me intrigued. Not only that, the prospect of what might happen during said match, the involvement of potential more Bullet Club members. I'm fine with it. Plus, the face of the Revolution ladder match, it's going to be a a barnstormer, like just barn burner. It's going to be awesome. You still got Brian Cage and Ricky Stark versus Darby Allin and the returning Sting who is by far one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and that's me fanboying out a little bit. But you know what? I'm excited to see. I'm excited and scared to see what might happen on Sunday. Hopefully, he comes out okay, and we get a good performance out of it. The good thing is, it's a street fight. We don't have to see many. It can hide him very well, if that's the case. Plus, the Young Bucks versus the Inner Circle. An attack match. Jericho and MJF, top heels in the business right now, in my opinion. Or some of the top heels in the business right now. And then you got Hikaru Shida defending the title in the event as well. Against, and I'm blanking on her name, so I'm not even going to try it. So am I. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not even going to try it. Look at you just Orange. You might be on the payroll there. You know, you got these people, wonky people out here that think that this is going to be pump out the love for AEW, pump out the love for WWE, UFC, that we're on the payroll. Listen, I'm not I'm no payroll. I'm just a combat sports fan that's loving this weekend because there's a lot going on. And, hey, if Tony Khan wants to pay me, put me on the payroll, by all means, man, I'll send you my bank account info. Throw would some you, money in there. Would you kiss three? I would kiss the ring for yeah. Tony Khan right now is like taking the wrestling world by storm. I want to be a part of it. Those promos he does on Impact are awesome. I love it. Fucking great. I love it. Him, him and Tony Schiavone are just perfect in those. Schiavone, it's, just... it's a perfect foil. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I am the forbidden door. <laughs> There was one time where Shivani literally just started, you've been watching Impact Wrestling. After the show, you'll be watching the local Congress <laughs> interview. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, awesome. Just like that, the whole concept of it is amazing. They do a great job. They really do. And yeah. this show is, you know, I was very, 
How do I see this? I thought the show was top heavy. You know, I just thinking, okay, it's you know the main event. You know, really pushing the return of Sting. You know, then you got the Bucks and MJF and Jericho. I'm like, okay, I'm like, but you know, you got the ladder match. You got Penta. You got Scorpio Sky. You got Cody. You got Lance freaking Archer. You got Max Caster, who's going to be a star. And I'm blanking out on another name. No, it's a potential surprise superstar. Why? We don't know who the mystery guy is going to be. It's going to be two debuts, according to Tony Khan. That, and as Tony Khan put it on the AEW Unrestricted Podcast, and I wrote this down because I listened today, major, huge, huge star in the world of wrestling that will be signing a multi-year deal. Paul White will be making the announcement. Paul White says he's a he's Hall of Fame worthy. We'll get into that in a moment. I got some theories. Oh, and I also have I also have theories. I'm bringing them oh, in. Let's get let's focus on a couple of these big matches here. Let's focus on the big three. God, I love what they did with they, what they've done with the Bucks, MJF, and Jericho. Is the match going to be your? Is it going to be like Lucha Bros and the Bucks or? The Bucks and FTR, the Bucks and Santana and Ortiz, or Private Party, or Jurassic Express, or the Acclaimed, or Private Party? No. This isn't going to be that. Chris Jericho is not doing 450s. Chris Jericho may do a line salt, which I think we'll get. But I don't think we're going to see 450s. We're not going to see springboard moonsaults. We're not going to see any of that from Chris Jericho. We're definitely not going to see any of that from MGF. But I think we're going to get a great old-school wrestling match. I think it's going to be more like what we saw with them in FTR. And if I, we get that, dude, I'm down. Let's rock and roll. I'm all for it. A good technical, psychological matchup. This, that's, a, that's essentially what this is going to be, and I'm excited for it. I've seen MJF wrestle in a very technical match live one time, and I was a fan. I'm like, this is pretty good heelish tactics. And I think the Bucks are really good at selling everything. So this is going to be the best of both worlds. I'm excited to see this match. I'm excited for the potential interference that we might see in this match, too. Are you saying we're going to get interference? I'm saying we're going to get a Sammy Guevara sighting somewhere in the match. So you think you just went right to the kit bang and caboodle. Yeah. So you think Sammy Guevara is going to cost them the match. And you think Young Bucks are going to retain the tag teams. Yes. That's my prediction right there. <sighs> Damn it. I hate agreeing with you. I was trying so hard yesterday to think MJF and Jerry. And then I'm like, ah, it's going to be the Bucks. But I'm going to go with MJF and Chris Jericho. And this is why. The good brothers. It's going to be the good brothers that are going to cost them. They're going to turn on them 
and that's what we're going to see on Sunday. Your new AEW World Tag Team Champions, Maxwell Jacob Friedman and the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, Le Champion. Chris Jericho is going to have some more gold. It's been a year since he has not had a title. I'm going with the great Chris Jericho. Either way, I don't hate it, but I'm going the other way. I think we're eventually going to get Guevara and Jericho. I just don't think it's the time. It's only been a couple weeks. Fair enough. I wouldn't hate it to see see him marinate, you know, just wait a little bit even more. But I just think that's the direction that we're headed. I, we're going to get there. I, to me, it's just a more of a matter of a when, not an if. I think it, then it also could, starts to tell that the Good Brothers Young Bucks story, where I think that's also the destination at some point this year. So I think you could just go a straight wrestling match with no interference, and let's just see who wins. And I think if we go that route, I'd say things up. Let's get some gold on Jericho and MGF. You got to continue the dissension between them. Because then they, you can kind of start at that point of, you could start planting the seeds of a turn. Who's going to stab who? I think you could go there, right? I mean, you don't have to. I think it would be best right now, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the street fight. Sting and Darby Allen, the AEW in ring debut of Sting. With Darby Allen fighting against the guy I love, Ricky Starks, and Brian Cage. Why is Ricky Starks so damn handsome? Good Lord. <laughs> oh, I, I look like Ricky Starks. Woo-hoo-hoo. Got a man crush on Ricky. I'm not going to lie. Hank, more power to you. Not a fan? I mean, I like his in-ring work. I want to go and say... Man, he's just eye candy. I think he's the future. Did you say eye candy? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> synergy right here, ladies and gentlemen. The synergy. This is how we roll at the walkway to fight. <laughs> I'm thinking man crush on Ricky Starks. That's right. We said it. Go ahead. Can't lie. Can't lie to the people, man. But my question for this match, for Street Fight, involving three up-and-coming talent, I don't know if you can consider Brian Cage an up-and-coming talent, and a legend. What's the purpose of this match? That's my most intriguing aspect of this. Are you putting Darby over? Are you putting Team Taz over, which they desperately need after the whole Cody Cody Rhodes thing? What's going to give here? Who's going to eat the pin? This is why I'm intrigued about this matchup, because it's unpredictable. Really? I think it's pretty cut and dry. Sting's got to go over. You're telling me. Does he? Okay. He's a 50. Hold on. Stick. I love Sting. Big fan of Sting. A guy that 
four years ago, we fought, would never wrestle, or six years ago, actually, would never wrestle again. His first match back, you're going to give him a win. You do remember what happened at WrestleMania 31, right? Yeah. Which, remind, yes. remind everyone what happened. Sting got buried by Triple H after one sledgehammer headshot after some shenanigans with NWO and DX, which is fine, but it should have been the other way. I want you to rewatch that match. Oh, I've seen it. I saw it not too long ago, actually. Rewatch it again. Okay. How did, how did they feel inside when you saw that happen? Okay, but it's a different thing here. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You had, over on WrestleMania 31, you had Triple H and Sting, which is, Triple H doesn't need to be established. Brian Cage and Ricky Starks are new talent they need to get established. Darby Allen is a guy that's hotter than fire right now. He is on fire. You can go. I'm fine with Sting and Allen winning. You just have to make sure that Allen gets the pin. Well, that's what I mean. I'm not saying. Okay. I thought you meant like Sting. Like got the pin, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, this is blasphemy. Darby Allen get the pin. I'm not denying that at all. But if you said, hey, we're gonna give the Stinger a win, okay, it's hit. The end game is he's going to be putting talent over. There, no. That's not a question. I think we all, anyone with half a brain, understands that. Yeah. But I think what you have to do is establish him. Don't bury him. Don't make, have him eat a pin. He should not be pinned. His I, didn't, I don't think he should be involved in any pin. He shouldn't get pinned, and he shouldn't pin anybody. He should be a good accessory to the match. Have your spots here and there. I just don't think he should be involved in the decision. Like, if you're going to have them lose, have Allen take the pin, and that gives either Starks or Cage a legitimate, like, hey, we need a title shot now because we pinned the TNT champion. And that leads to a program. And I'm fine with it. That's the only thing I'm saying. I'm fine with Sting either winning or losing. I don't care. But, and I want to see Sting actually establish as a top star because he is a top star regardless of age. My biggest thing is, in this scenario, the way that you built this match, he cannot be involved in the decision. Because it's either going to hurt him, or it's going to bury a young star. You're not wrong. not wrong at all. You know, you're spot on. And that's how this has to be looked at. And this is where I think AEW where I have more faith in the brain trust over there than I do in Stanford. Just because you know you know what you're going to get with with them or with AEW, you know they're going to do the right thing. They're not going to sit and bury this guy. Yeah. They squash Sting like a bug. Is that pretty fair to say? Yeah. They proved, they proved them right for him not going over there after. They actually <laughs> have technical difficulties with Steve's headset, but they proved they proved Sting right. Sting didn't want to originally go to the WWE because he didn't trust the way that Vince McMahon booked WCW talent, and that seemed to be the case. Can you hear me now? My headphones died. 
Okay, no problem. Um, I was just saying Sting didn't trust WWE to when he first had the option to go to WWE, and basically WWE proved them right in not trusting, not being able to be trusted when it comes to booking a character like Sting. Sting should have gotten over on Triple H. It would have made that match against Seth Rollins more believable. Sting should have had more protection-based matches. We should have seen him in The Undertaker. That's still the match that we'll never, we always want it, but we're never going to get. That's the biggest thing. Now in AEW, that's the biggest thing. On Sunday, he should not be involved in the pen. That's just my biggest thing. If he wins, great. If he loses, oh well, who took the pin? And that's the biggest thing that we're looking at. What do you what do you think ends up happening? I think um I think Sting and Darby Allen win with Darby pinning um Brian Cage. But at the end of the match, I think we'll see some dissension between Darby and Sting. Which I think would end up putting already. You're already teasing. No, just teasing it. Don't make it happen. Just tease it. Start showing signs here and there because you can't. You can't draw it out. Darby Allen was doing fantastic as a character that was just on his own, most sporadically pop up here and there. I like them together, but at the same time, it's not something that can last very long. So just start teasing it. By summer, we're ha- we'll have that rivalry, in my opinion. I go with Sting getting the fall. I think you give it to – it's they're doing a lot with him and Cage. I think he pins Cage. Like, But if he pins Starks, I'm fine with it. But I, I think Sting needs to win here. If you go with Darby Allen, I'm cool with that too. But I just think you're paying this guy a ton of money. You're not paying him – not paying him – pennies on the dollar you're paying him dollars on the dollar you're getting you have to get your return on investment with him and i think that's a good start it'll get people to want to see him more then when it comes to a big match say he goes one-on-one with cage he could take that fall he goes one-on-one with like ricky starks he can take the fall you know i think tag matches he should win you put him in a singles situation that's where he eats the fall but if Darby tickets the pin, that's fine too. You're making Darby a bigger star, and just being aligned with Sting, Sting so far has made him that. He's got a little more of a coolness factor to him, if that makes any sense. But the reason people will be watching the pay right now, people are going to watch pay per view for Sting. I get it. But we'll be watching for the main event, Kenny Omega. Fat. The AEW World Heavyweight Championship against, I guess, at the end of the walkway to Fight Club Podcast, which you can catch tomorrow, tomorrow morning. You'll get that notification on your phone. The one and only John Moxley. Rate, review, download, subscribe. If you haven't done that already, what the hell is wrong with you? Podcast with the who's who of boxing, MMA, professional wrestling. Just take a look. Bill Goldberg, check. Dana White, check. CM Punk, check. We've already talked to John Moss. The former WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. Bailey. Dakota I. Lacey Evans. 
the former WWE champion again, The Miz. The Miz. God, how great that was. Max Holloway. God, I we can just really we can keep going here. We can keep going, going and going and going. Just go down in the archives. The best of the best, the best in the business have talked to us. Just check out the podcast. And the, the match is an exploding barbed wire death match. I've never heard a man so excited about possibly getting exploded and all kinds of marks and going to be left a bloody mess. He was so excited. And it was Wednesday. He's like, I'm excited today. I can only imagine how I'm going to feel on Sunday. <laughs> it, he's uh, his mindset. And you guys will hear it when you guys listen to the, to the interview, but my God, and I'll have an article out tomorrow too of the big hit. Some of the bigger things he said, and I, I hate to leave out a lot for an article. He said a ton in 35 minutes that we talked. I'm only giving you the article will be a fraction of what we discussed, but the article is great. I definitely, definitely want you guys to read that as well. That'll help me out tremendously. And also listen to the full audio as we talk a ton about the match. We talk about CM Punk. We talk about, yes, Ahmed Johnson. We talk about Renee. We talk about who he feels are the two best wrestlers in the world today. The answer, I think, is going to surprise you guys. So a lot of great stuff with John Moxley. But let's get to this match. I got goosebumps right now in this match until Sunday. And I'm not even going to be able to watch this until Monday morning. But hot damn. I'm ready to see someone explode. I'm ready to see hmm. some smoke. I'm ready to see some blood. As long as no one dies, which I don't think. <laughs> there's, unless someone does not return. As long as someone doesn't die in the death match, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Zero fucking sense of hell. <laughs> I was off today. So I should be like fully charged, fully geared. If they're working six days in a row, I should be like good to go. I can't believe I just said that. Bad pun. <laughs> I think this is going to be fucking great. Yep. It, it, this could only be great. And one of the things he said, I thought when I laughed, when I, when I shouldn't have laughed. He's like, this could also be be a, an extreme clusterfuck. It's not wrong. This could be an extreme clusterfuck. I saw if you saw their light out like lights out match over a year ago. Match is gonna be okay. I don't think it's gonna be a clusterfuck. It might if they put too much, it might be too much. But when it when it's too much a clusterfuck. Say that again. When is like too much violence a clusterfuck? Everybody enjoyed ECW back in the day, and that was that's the epitome of a clusterfuck violence show. And you know what? I loved it. Still watch it to this day. There's never been an exploding barbed wire deathmatch in, in a major promotion in the United States. 
Never. There's not a better one. Now, I last night, because I'm a nerd, and my computer was screwing up, and I was in a pretty awful mood. I went and I went to YouTube, because I saw Onita. Oh, my God, I geeked out when Onita was on Dynamite. I geeked out again when he was on the preview show. The master of the death match. I found the, his exploding barbed wire death match with Terry Funk in Japan. I found it on YouTube. Can you send me the link? Yeah. I'll have to find it again, but yeah. I suggest to anybody, go out of your fucking way to watch this. This was amazing. This was breathtaking. I like nearly, I just, I was in awe. The clips you saw on Dynamite is just a very small sample size of what we're going to see on Sunday. These guys are going to go balls to the wall. You're going to see some fucked up shit. All I'm going to say is you should not watch this match with your children. As I'm watching the show last night, and my four-year-old's like, Daddy, that looks pretty cool. I'm like, shit, you were actually paying attention to wrestling for once. And I got my 21-month-year-old who's just fucking and clapping. I'm like, oh, shit. So we're sitting here at breakfast today. My wife comes home. Lynn comes home, and he, go, he then goes, Mommy, we're watching wrestling. Oh, yeah, how was it? And my son's like, oh, it was great. I saw someone get blown up. (laughs) You can imagine the look I got everybody. (laughs) When my wife says, wait, what did you do? He goes, mommy, I saw Danny had wrestling on and someone got blown up. It took a hot minute to submit that. <laughs> and I got my 20-month-old clapping again. <laughs> my wife looked at me. She's like, Lynn's like, you got to cover this for work? I'm like, no, but I'm going to order it anyway and watch it Monday while I'm working. I'm like, damn right. I'm going to watch. <laughs> and I may be watching. I'm going to stay off of Twitter. I may be about 12 hours late to the game. My ass is going to watch that four-hour paper. This is going to be violent, man. This oh, is yeah. Be- oh, yeah. I can't, wait for, I can't wait for you to bring the story with the kids as soon as they watch uh, that match. EC-Dub. EC-Dub. <laughs> that match will be wa- – that whole pay-per-view is going to be watched in the basement. Okay. <laughs> children ruining my fun. My ass be- 40 and a day old. Ain't no one going to ruin my fun of watching the exploding barbed wire death match. I may watch it Sunday night when she goes to bed. I think it may be booty time that night. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking it's I maybe some birthday magic maybe happening in the Mealhausen sheets. But if not, oh, it's going to, I'm watching that match. So if you're so you mean to tell me if you're texting me what you think about the wrestling match, you didn't get some that night. It won't be it won't be a rocking if I'm <laughs> if I'm texting you at eleven thirty on a Sunday night. 
There ain't no loving. You know when I'm texting you late. There ain't nothing going on in this house. Anyway, but this is going to be nothing but great. All kidding aside, yes. this is going to be great. You got two of the best wrestlers in the world. And if you look at it, you could say what you want about Omega. You could say what you want about John Moxley. This match is going to be fucking great. This is high stakes. You can't fuck this up. Because if you fuck this up, someone's going to get extremely hurt. And they're not going to pull no shenanigans from what I'm told. This is legit as legit as going to get from everything I've asked. I've asked again today. And I asked Moxley off the record. And he's like, we're going balls to the wall. It's... He knows blood is going to be shed. Omega knows blood's going to be shed. Now. It's going to be just a fun, just a fun point here. If you're looking for some extra entertainment, not entertainment, entertainment is not the word. If you're looking at Twitter when you're watching this match, if you're watching the pay-per-view. If you're watching Twitter, you're stupid. No, just hear me out. Pay attention to Renee Young's reactions to everything that is happening to her husband at the time. Because when it was happening with the lights out match, it was hilarious. He's like, why the f*** are you doing this? (laughs) Oh, fuck me. I asked him that question the day that match was announced and she had that tweet. We had a great chat about that. It's in the audio. It is in the audio. It it is downright hilarious. Like, just the way he talked about it. (laughs) Just the analogies he was giving when discussing this. It is, yeah, let me know what you think. But it was, it was a hoot because I had to ask. I wouldn't have done it justice, myself justice, if I did not ask him that question. And the answer he gave was exactly what I was expecting. And, <laughs> you know, you got to look at this. And this program's still young. I feel like this is a program that's going to last. And it's going to last a while. And, you know, and I'm, I'm not know what you think of this, because when I was talking to him, I was really starting to, the way he was talking about him and Omega. This seems like to me, this depends on also what we, what we see on Sunday. But if the match goes how, like, how I think it's going to, I think it's going to be great. Is this the modern day Steve Austin versus The Rock? To you, I don't think it's I don't think it's the same level as The Rock and Stone Cold. I think this might be more. Ah, man, it's tough to compare. Cena and Orton. Cena and Orton. I would say Cena Orton or HBK Bret Hart. Because it's two, it's two very different styles, but one can adapt to the other, and that's so that's that's a comparison for me. Stone Cold and The Rock were just two charismatic enigmas. Like they were just they ooze charisma the entire time. These two can deliver a hell of a wrestling match. They 
The Rock and Stone Cold fed off the psychology of it. These two can flat out go. And by I mean these two, I mean Omega and Moxley. And as soon as that bell rings, they're going to go. And they're going to go fast. And it's going to be enjoyable as all hell. And I can say the same thing for when Michaels and Bret Hart would lock. Lock up. They would go as soon as the, as soon as they press go. So that would be more of a fair comparison. I would even compare violence-wise Mick Foley and Triple H circa 2000. That rivalry is insane. I think I lost. I think I froze a little bit. Anyways, Omega Moxley. That's that's the comparison. This is basically as unique as you can get because it's something that can go a technical match and a hardcore match. That's why it's hard to compare between the two. But if if I had to pick, wrestling-wise, Michaels and Bret Hart. Hardcore-wise, Foley and Triple H, circa Hell in the Cell and No Way Out, or that street fight at the Royal Rumble. It's going to be very similar and very and better. <laughs> Richard, my man, love you for that. <laughs> Steve, stop using the McDonald's Wi-Fi. I don't have admin access, or else I'd be posting that right up as soon as Steve came back in. Also looking forward to the Jim Cornette show after this match, because... <laughs> If there's anybody that loves a, a gimmick match is Jim Cornette. Yeah, no, that's going to be a <laughs> balls to the wall matches. There's a balls to the wall reaction from Jim Cornette, and I'm excited to see it. Then <laughs> balls Mahoney versus fake Grimes. My God. Now that, that was a clusterfuck. Pure clusterfuck. As we wait for Steve to get back here, Richard, are you going to be watching the pay-per-view? Just comment below. Uh, but it is going to be a good pay-per-view. Going to be a good weekend overall with UFC um, at 259. Three title bouts. Megan Anderson versus, and, or before, versus Amanda Nunes. Israel Anzati versus Jan Blackwoods. And Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling. Three awesome title fights if you guys are going to watch. That's the That's the... UFC card to watch for the year, in my opinion. It's going to be really, really good. Um, Blanchowitz and that is it's going to steal the show, in my opinion. Megan Anderson is looking to upset. And you know what? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And Steve is setting up that McDonald's Wi-Fi, and there he is. Hey, can you hear me? Hello. Can you hear me? Can't hear me. Might be on your end. If you can hear me, read the last comment from Richard. Ladies and gentlemen, we're having technical difficulties here on Steve's side. Um, But in the meantime, if you can hear me, uh, Richard, as well, please let me know. Or if it's my issue or my end, too, because I have no idea. As for the rumor, that's another thing. Mention the surprise entrance. Two surprise entrants 
Who do you guys think is going to be? Whoever's watching, who do you think is going to be the surprise? Can you hear me? Okay. Steve, can you hear me? Steve, can I hear me? <laughs> but if you're listening, who do you think is going to be the surprise? The six person, six for two. Ladder match to determine the, the next number one contender for the TNT championship. And who do you think is going to be the Hall of Fame talent, Hall of Fame worthy talent that Paul White's going to be introducing this Sunday at AEW Revolution? Drop your predictions below. We'll read them on the show and we'll discuss as we go. Meantime, Stevie, can you hear me? Bully Ray, too many. See, but Bully Ray's already in the Hall of Fame. I would agree with you if he wasn't. The way that they that they brought that conversation up, it made it sound like it wasn't a person that's in the Hall of Fame. So that's why I kind of knocked Bully Ray out. But it's not a bad guess. Go ahead. No, my McDonald's Wi-Fi is okay now. I do. I don't know what that was. I apologize to everybody. <laughs> my computer has been... Um, a little skittish. We'll we'll go with that. But um, before we continue that topic, let's finish up uh, Moxley Omega talk. And you're spot on on that. You can go any. You can go Cena Orton. I like the Brett and Sean comparison. I I think that's the better of any of those three. Where do you think this goes on Sunday? Because it smells like a Moxley win. But I think they need to make Omega strong here, and I think they go with Omega. I think they go with Omega, and I think they go with Omega clean. I don't okay. think I don't think we're gonna see I don't think we're gonna see the Bullet Club anywhere. I don't think we're gonna see the Elite anywhere, and that's how it should be. Moxley, he's probably gonna take some time off based on that promo that he had a couple weeks back. I mean, he deserves the time off by any means of the word, but. I think Omega goes over clean, and it sets up, in a way, it sets up a rivalry for when Moxley does come back, if he takes a hiatus afterwards. I've heard nothing about a hiatus. I don't know when the babies do. I don't think the babies do for a while. I'm trying to remember. Can you refresh my memory about the promo? He was just... Basically, the way that he hinted it, he's just saying, "Hey, if there's a if there's a way to go, this is the way to go." Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think he said that. I think he said that to Dave Meltzer, yeah. if I remember the interview correctly. I remember that was something he said with Dave, and I remember him saying it again in a promo. So maybe this, maybe we'll see. This could be a break for Mox and. But I think you go with Omega, like you said. It seems like 2021 is about the year of Kenny Omega. So I feel like that would be the right way to go. Go with Kenny. And then, you know, I think you go back. I think they're going to go back with Moxley with the belt later on the line. But I think right now I think Omega is the best bet. And in a couple. Go ahead. Especially, and like Richard uh, just mentioned on the comments, especially when you're having Omega getting built to – challenge for that impact world title i can't i can't see now that he mentioned that i can't see him losing so you got to make him look strong 
for to get to that. Now, this big surprise. Well, and we'll go with this. Who do you think it's going to be? Because we got a couple names, and we'll just run them down. You got Punk. You got Christian, Kurt Angle, Zelina Vega. You got Brock Lesnar, Dave Batista. Those are like your big six. And as Tony Khan said, major, huge, huge star in the world of wrestling that will be signing a multi-year deal. Okay, so it would be two RV. people. RV Diesel. Yeah, it would be two people, right? Just once for the ladder match, once for the Hall of Fame caliber I'm talking talent. About the huge, huge star. I'm not talking about the guy in the ladder match. I can okay. give a crap who that is. Well, huge star. Huge, huge. Hall of Fame. Huge, huge. I just don't know. Like I, I want it to be CM Punk, but I know it's not because he already said it's not. Okay, for let's. You think he's honestly going to say on Twitter, "Yes, I'm going to be there on Sunday." That's fair, but at the same time, he's not going to tell you. So you're saying it's CM Punk? I'm just saying. Why would someone, anyone, whether it's him? Van Dam, Christian, Brock, Batista, Angle. Why would they say it on Twitter and ruin the surprise? Honestly, I don't. Come on. You're a smart guy. Out of those, if I had to pick out of those six, the most likely one would be Punk. And that's just based on. He's in the last six years. He's as anti WWE as it gets, and that's the guy that every wrestling fan wants to see. And there's no bigger stage at this point because you don't know when fans are going to be back in the stands, and they're going to have what 30 percent capacity. And we lost McDonald's Wi-Fi again. Dang it! I wanted to be uh, Richard. You said Batista it said it's not him. Batista's retired. I mean, I don't think he has anything left in the tank as much as I would love to see Batista because I love seeing him. You know, he had a good last run as a heel. There you are. Yes. Um, I think they're selling like 1,300 tickets. 1,300, okay. So, I mean, is that a big enough stage for Punk's return to the wrestling ring? That's That's my biggest thing there. If you're going to bring him back, you bring him back at a sold-out place for that pop. Because that pop is going to be astronomical. Like, that's going to be a pop that's like Austin coming back from his... And we lost him again. The pop that Punk would get would be the same pop that Austin got when he came back to, like, a census from that angle with the invasion where they had a of brawling the ring and his music hit and that stadium wanted to fall apart. Did you hear what I said or and he's gone again? <laughs> I feel like he's just teasing us at this point. Um, Lesnar makes a lot of sense if you want buzz. Yeah. My biggest thing is I, I think he still has travel restrictions and just 
basing it off on are we back for sure all right there we go can you hear me have you been listening to it? okay so basically lesser lesser is the latest name i think i would love to see punk i just i don't see this being enough a big enough arena for him to come back lesnar that would create a buzz bigger than Austin joining the Alliance or Hogan joining the NWO. Like that would create some buzz. What do you think it's going to be? I think it's four names. It's either, it's either angle Batista Lesnar or Punk? I don't think it, it's not Christian. He is a free agent. It's not RVD. Because you can't you can't promise Hall of Fame worthy name and then you have the owner and the president double down and say major, huge, huge star. No offense to Christian. I love Christian. No offense to RVD. I love RVD. I'm, I've been a Rob Van Dam Mark since 1997. I love Rob Van Dam. But it's not. He's not a huge, huge major star. Neither is Christian. No offense to Christian. Because if it's one of those two, that's a major disappointment. Then that's when you got to start to question. You got to start to question the integrity of Tony Khan. You really do. And Tony Khan's a smart guy. So I don't think it's, I'm going to wipe those two off the slate. You brought up Punk. He's not going to say it on Twitter. Neither no. would Christian. Not Christian. Neither would Angle. And neither would Batista. Brock doesn't do Twitter. Brock has someone handle. I think Paul handles his Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, you you mean the most anti. (laughs) You mean the most anti-social human being in the world doesn't have a Twitter. (laughs) He's got Twitter. He. I will just remember he was so kind during his UFC days, because I remember interviewing him. Before he fought Alistair Overeem. And I'm thinking, my because I would hear the stories. Oh my God, he's so surly and Baba. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> UFCPR is like, you got 15. This is when I was with Bleacher Report. And like, you got 15 minutes. And I'm like, it's me and him in this room. And I'm like, oh my God, if I say the wrong question, he's going to kick my ass. <laughs> He could not have been more nice. Interview's done. He, I was the last one of the day. He leaves. Talking to the PR guy, and I'm like, I wasn't expecting that. They're like, he has been in such a great mood all week. He's never really like this. Fast forward to the Mark Hunt fight. I am in Vegas again, and I'm interviewing. And they gave me 10 minutes with him this time around. 
And I'm thinking this is going to be horrible. I luckily saw Paul. And I'm talking with Paul. And I think that's what made Brock feel better because it was great. Gave me a great 10 minutes. He was laughing. He was very shockingly jovial. And so I think you just have to catch Brock on the right day and you have to know the right people to make him feel comfortable. I think he was like, okay, he's talking to Paul. He's got to be pretty cool. Or just he's not a dick or doesn't have an agenda and all this other shit. It could be Brock. If I had to go with my number one choice, right now it would be Brock Lesnar. Why? I think Brock is a little tired of WWE. Brock can make some easy money. And I think it's a whole new fresh set of matches. Because if you're Brock right now, look at WWE. The only really fresh match you got at this point is with Bobby Lashley. And it's not a knock on Lashley because I want to see that match. I've been wanting to see that match for a long time. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Okay. Actually, three. I want to see him and Riddle. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Never know. But look at AEW. You can run it back with Moxley. Omega. You got, I think him and Lance Archer, I think that can draw some money. I really do. Jericho, MJF, we can we can keep going, you know. Not only that, don't, don't forget the talent share, too. You can get guys from New Japan. You can get guys from Impact to come face them. There's plenty of guys. There's more at his disposal where he's only got to wrestle four times a year. That's, that's up Brock's alley. You could go with Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle's a big name. I think Kurt still has the itch. I think he does. He's turned down some WWE stuff. He turned down a, a deal with them a while back. Wanted to focus on his nutrition brand, and you know he's doing the podcast now, which is great with Conrad. And you know, I think Kurt's one of those guys. I I don't know if I want to see Kurt in the ring. I think where Kurt's at at this stage of the game, I think I'd be happy. But it could be Kurt. It could be. I just I don't know about Big Dave. His movie schedule. If I had to pick those four in the lowest, it would be Batista would be number four. If I had to go, I would say number three would be Brock. Just because, and I know I just said, oh, I think it's going to be Brock. But after thinking about it for a little more, I think that Vince is going to pony up because you know Brock's going to go to Vince and be like, I'm getting offered this. Will you match this? Which I think Vince would. So that would just be, there would be a huge punch in the dick. <laughs> I think Angle would be number, God, I don't know. I think Punk would be number two and Angle would be number one. I think it's going to be Kurt Angle. I don't want it to be Kurt Angle. I really don't. But Kurt is a major, major star. Huge star. There's no doubt about that. He fits that box. He fits that criteria. 
I don't want to see Kurt in the ring again. I just don't. What I saw at the end, I was good with. And then Punk would be no. But you hmm. got to deliver. It's got to be one of those four guys. Any of those four guys, I'm kosher with. Anything beyond those four names, G-T-F-O-H. Get the fuck out of here. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. And I know nothing, by the way. People have been asking. I know nothing. This is my no. I haven't even bothered reaching out because I want to be surprised when I watch it. This is a name that I think I just thought of. He has ties to Impact. I don't know what his contract status is, so I might be, you know, completely in the wrong on this. What is Samoa Joe's contract status? He's his, locked his in. Con- he's, locked he's locked in. in. Ah. He's locked in. Would have loved to see Samoa Joe in AEW. You want to talk about a misused talent in WWE. Samoa Joe can go from the get-go, and they never use him. Not even clean to wrestle. Hmm. He still has I, that neck issue, right? I was at, yeah. I was asked about him today. PCO was a name that was discussed to me, and I his contract is through the end of the year. Not a big enough name either, and I like PCO. I like yeah. what he's doing in ROH. But it's either Angle, it's either Angle Punk, Brock, or Batista. You go any of those four, I think you're solid. Could it be and a New Japan talent? Who? New Japan talent? Maybe Tanahashi, Okada. But they said a multi-year deal. So they, that means well, – right now the New Japan Cup's going on. And Okada and Tanahashi are in the New Japan Cup. So okay. that would wipe them from that list. It's an American talent. You have to figure. And it's not a knock on foreign talent. I, I love foreign talent. I mean, it's those last two names that I mentioned. It's one of those four. It has to be. Those are the only major, major names that are on the open market. Christian and RVD are too, but those aren't – that's not fitting the criteria that Tony Khan has set. RVD is more of like a guy that could be like, hey, he's the sixth guy in the ladder match. Dude, I love Rob. Maybe it's Rob. Maybe Rob's in the ladder match. No. I think that would be good. All right, let's get to – I can't believe we've been going this long. UFC 259, Saturday night, the Apex – could possibly be the final pay-per-view at the Apex out in Las Vegas. Triple main event. You got Peter Yan defending the, the Bantamweight title against Aljamain Sterling. Co-main event, you got, you got dual champion Amanda Nunes defending her women's title against Megan Anderson. Then in the, in the main event, what a main event it is. Jan Blakovich defending the light heavyweight title against middleweight kingpin. Israel Adesanya, live and only on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. This card is fucking awesome. I love it. Three main events. I'm not the world's biggest fan, though, Daryl, of putting three title fights on one card. Two, I'm kosher. Three is a little much. Yeah. Agreed. Especially with a company that sometimes, you know, lacks on getting talent for a specific card. 
they just stack up on one and then forget about, hey, 260 is coming up soon. What are we going to do for that? 261, what are we going to do for that? They scramble a lot for talent. But at the same time, I'm excited for three title matches this Saturday. I don't care what's going to happen in in a month. I get to see Peter Yan, Amanda Nunes, Adam Zanya, and Blackowitz in one night. Not to mention Aljamain Sterling, who I think is one of the most exciting fighters in the game. I am in. Here's my money. Take it and go. And Dominic Cruz is headlining the prelims. Get the fuck out of here. Sign me up for that shit. Yep. I have articles up on thezone.com with a feature on Dominic Cruz from our chat earlier in the week and also with the lovely Megan Anderson. So definitely check those out. And real quickly, we'll discuss the, the title fight at Bantamweight, Jan and Sterling. Hell of a run for both guys. Peter Jan undefeated in the UFC. Sterling's really turned it around since getting blasted out by, by getting stopped by Corey Sanhagen. It's an even fight. You look at the betting lines, the fights, it's a fight's basically a pick one. Jan's a very, very slight favorite. Sterling's definitely a live dog. This is the closest fight on the car on the out of the three title fights. I don't think you can go wrong either way. I think for the UFC, it would be better if Sterling won. Even though Jan, I've seen this week, I've seen, I've watched some interviews with him, and you're starting to see his personality come out a, a, more and more as the week has gone on. I just think it's a, Sterling's an easier sell. I think Sterling's on a great run right now. He's finally living up to that potential of being the next big thing at 135 pounds. I'm going to go with Aljo. I'm going to go with Aljamain Sterling. We're going to have a new UFC. Bantamweight champion. What I agree. I agree with you again. Uh, which, yeah, we agree. It's it's the common thing lately. Um, I will take Ultraman Sterling. I think he's. It's an even fight, like you mentioned before. But even fights, you go with the hotter fighter. I'm gonna go with Sterling. Honestly, this is more of like, it's a pick'em. It's a. It's one of those fights that you can't. You can't have. You can't think of a scenario because it's so even. But I think Sterling is going to stop Jan in the fourth round. I'm like, I can throw another round, but okay, look at you going rounds. All right, let's go to the co-main event. The dual champion, the quote, the greatest women's fighter in the history of mixed martial arts, Amanda Nunes, one of the greatest of all time, male or female. Going up against Megan Anderson, the former Invicta FC women's featherweight champion. What we've seen the last two fights from Megan Anderson is the is the fighter people were hoping for when she came over from Invicta when she was on that great run. People projecting her as she was going to be the one to dethrone Chris Cyborg and end up being Amanda Nunes. Nunes is on a legendary run, eleven fight winning streak, six of those coming via stoppage. When you plow through Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg, four of those victories, four victories, four biggest names in the history of women's MMA. 
You blast them out in the first round. One-way traffic and not one-hitter-quitters. Beatdowns within five minutes. Beatdowns. She is fantastic. She's the women's bantamweight and featherweight champion. The only woman and one of only four to be champ champ. She's on a different level, DUI. Really is. I like Megan Anderson's got good reach. Her striking's better than many give her credit for. But until someone proves to me that they can beat Amanda Nunes. Jermaine Durandamy gave her a little bit of a hard time on the feet last year. But Amanda Nunes had a trick up her sleeve, her great wrestling, and took advantage of that, dominated the fight from the ground, beat her ass, and won an easy decision. There's a hole in the game. I just don't think Megan Anderson can expose that hole for an extended amount of time to give to give Nunes fits. Anderson got taken down by Holly Holm quite often here in Chicago at UFC 225, and Holly Holm's not a grappler. She's she's more known for her kickboxing. And I think Amanda Nunes is going to do the same. And Amanda Nunes remains the GOAT. She remains the women's dual champion and the featherweight champion. I think this is a cakewalk for Amanda Nunes. I think this is the easiest fight to pick out of the three title fights. I don't think it's as easy as you think. I am going to go Amanda Nunes as well. But and it, it, it wasn't easy because I want to see somebody challenge Amanda Nunes. And I've been looking for, for reasons to think that Megan Anderson is that person. I just can't find it. I can't find it. And it's out of the three, it's the easiest one. Yes, I agree with that. I may have misunderstood your question earlier. It's just you look at you look at the four fights you mentioned where she just utter beatdowns in the first round against Holmes, Cyborg, Rousey, Maisha Tate. It's how do you look at Amanda Nunes and the tear that she's been going through in the past five years and say, all right, I'm going to bet against her and feel good about it. You can't, you can't. I've been looking for reasons to be like, Hey, I'm going to go Megan Anderson. But if I say that in my head, going to bed tonight, DY, you're the biggest moron on planet earth. Why the hell did you pick that? And I said it earlier and I've been thinking about it. I'm like, I think I think Megan Anderson might have it, but that reach advantage might play a factor in it. And I'm like, no, you're stupid. Stupid. Amanda Nunes is the GOAT, greatest woman fighter of all time. I'm picking her. There's no way I can go any other way. I I tried. I can't do it. It's one of those things where you need to believe it. You You'll ride the horse until the horse can no longer get to the water. And that's the best analogy I get. We're both in agreement there. We're going with the GOAT. We're going with Amanda Nunes. The main event, Jan Blakovich defending the light heavyweight title against middleweight champ Israel Adesanya. Blakovich won the title, won the vacant belt against Dominic Reyes. Steamrolled Dominic Reyes at UFC 253. 
Adesanya retained his title in the headliner, thrashing Paula Costa. Blachowicz has won 8-9. Adesanya is on a great run, 20-0. Defended the belt a couple times. He became undisputed champion after thrashing Robert Whitaker. Made easy work of Paula Costa. Beat Yoel Romero. He wanted a challenge. He didn't want, want to go with a rematch with Whitaker. Talked to Dana White. They were both in agreement. And here we are. Some interesting things, though, Daryl, coming from Adesanya this week. Saying he's going to weigh around 193 at weigh-ins. By fight night, maybe around 190, about 195 to 197. Feels like he didn't need, doesn't need to pack on. He wants to, he thinks his speed and his skill will help Trent will equal power and he'll be able to take care of Blahovich. I'm not so sure of that theory of Israel Adesanya. Is Israel Adesanya finding off more he can chew here? Because I was leaning out of Sonny until I heard those statements, and I went a completely different way. I did a betting odds in a prediction piece. And make sure you guys read that article. Click on the top of the link. Go, you get a risk-free bet through my our guys at BetMGM. Shameless book. But Sometimes you got to do it. <laughs> hey, exactly. But. Is Israel Adesanya biting off a little more than he can chew here? Do you think he's blowing some smoke up our ass and he's going to come in at about 202, 203? Because you got to figure, you know Blahovich is going to come in on weight. But when it's time to get in the cage on fight night, he's going to weigh about 225. I can't see Adesanya giving up 30 pounds in this fight. I just really can't. No, I can't see it. But at the same time, you asked if this is more than he can chew. I don't. Adesanya hasn't given me a reason to doubt him. Twenty and zero speaks for itself. We we mentioned Amanda Nunes, the terror that she's been on. I would put Adesanya in the same terror. Like he's going through fighters. Like he steamrolled Whitaker. He made Palacosta look like a chump, just utter chump to the point where he blamed. Oh, I had too much wine. Which make no sense whatsoever. Moron. Uh, yeah, I had too much wine. That's why I got. I was stiff the entire fight. Blah. Whatever. Honestly, the reason I'm looking forward to seeing this fight is honestly, it's one of the smarter fighters. Like if there's there's a guy that knows how to study his opponent and find a way to beat him, it's him. So whatever he says this week, you know what? You're the guy that's 20 and 0. You're the guy that's defended that title twice in the last what six months convincingly. You do you, man. And you know what? Here's my money. I'm putting my money on you. That's my betting horse. That's my I'm gonna ride this horse until he starts limping and can't run no more. I'm going on Isaiah. Is he gonna come in at 202? Is he gonna come in on Saturday night at like 205, 195. I wouldn't be surprised either way. He doesn't call himself the last style bender for no reason. He might be a weight bender too. He's like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna come in light. I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> but I'm going out inside. 
in this on this Saturday night. He's going to be a dual champ, champ, he, champ. He comes in at one ninety three. He's getting blasted. Yeah, there are, you know, and there, you know, you hear that saying, whether it's boxing or MMA, is there's levels to this, and I'm a firm believer in that. There are levels to, in terms of skill level, when it comes to either combat sport. And you look on paper, Israel Adesanya is the more talented fighter. There's there's no doubt about that. I'd be a, a lying fool if I didn't say differently. But there are all, where, where you say there's levels to this, there's also weight classes for a reason. Yep. And he comes in between 193 and 197. He's getting blasted out. I'm sorry. There's levels, but there is weight. And I think Ad- and I think Blahovich is smart enough to know Adesanya is going to try to late kick him. Look at what he did to Paulo Costa. He thrashed Paulo Costa's leg. You don't become a world champion by being lazy. Blahovich has won eight and nine. He went on the verge of getting cut to winning eight and nine and becoming the light heavyweight champion. He's done something right to get to this point. I think the power, he's got better grappling than people want to give him credit for. He will, he can take you to the ground. He can submit you. I just think if he keeps it in the clinch, he's able to use his power. We've never seen Adesanya on the ground. There's going to become a point in the fight where I think Blahovich is going to take him down. He's gonna or he's gonna wear him out in the clinch, get him against the cage, and wear him down. No man can take that weight, that type of weight on their body for so long. I am calling right now, and I called it in my article. I'm calling the upset. Somehow Blakovich is a huge underdog. He's plus two ten. Adesani is a minus two fifty the last time I looked. When the final bell rings on Saturday night, Daryl. The Polish power will stay and still the UFC light heavyweight champion, Jan Blachowicz. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Polish power. We're putting a case of beer on this. How do you doubt the Polish power? I don't doubt it. I'm just saying this is our only different different, uh, pick on the fight. Let's make a friendly wager. Case of beer. Doesn't hurt anybody. What kind of beer? Dealer's choice. Winner's choice. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm down for that. I will expensive beer too, by the way. I know you're poor. Not poor, but you're, you're an aspiring journalist. Been the low. You're growing in the game. I know how much they made. <laughs> I was there, definitely, my friend. <laughs> Pick some but three yeah. Floyds. Three, three Floyds. Look at that, twenty-two dollars a case, son. Oh, man. All right, well, we'll see. Yeah, that's but... only if you win. It's not an if. It is a win. <laughs> It is a certain Daryl Rivera. We will find out. 
power will reign supreme. I think it, you know, I have no problem with Adesanya being the favorite. I can get it. But it's like we're just going to dismiss Jan Blachowicz. Period. Plus 210? It's like. That is absurd. I will agree with that. Like, if he was like a minus 150, minus 160, or plus 160, I'd be like, all right. Plus 150, plus 160, I get it. And now Sanyin's like a minus. Same thing, a minus 150, 160. Oh, I, I can get it. You, I can get behind it. But just a blatant disrespect towards the champ? It's like, we're going to see, though. Maybe Adesanya comes in tomorrow at like 205. You don't look 205. <laughs> Doesn't look it at all. But it's going to be interesting. I think this pay-per-view is going to do very well. They've both been doing a lot of press. There is a good buzz about the show. So it's going to be, a like you said, it's going to be a fun combat sports weekend. Let's end with this because this, this is the last topic. WWE moving NXT Tuesday nights starting April 13th, a couple days after WrestleMania. Not, surpri- not a surprising move. I know for all you meatheads out there, you're like, it's all because of AEW. It's not. NHL is going to be moving over to the USA. The primetime night for NHL games is Wednesday night. Therefore, something has changed. NXT is going to go to Tuesday. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing in between. And it benefits both companies. I mean, it's not it's not that one wins and one loses. The real winners here are the fans. Because now you get to see both shows uninterrupted. You don't have to DVR one and then watch it later and pick and choose. You get to enjoy both of them. Now you get to choose what are you gonna what are you gonna watch? NXT or Impact Wrestling? That's your choice now. Gee, such a hard choice. <laughs> it's a win-win for everybody. Like you said, you're spot on. It's a win-win for everybody. There's no winners. There's no lo- there's no losers. It's all winners. NXT wins. They're gonna get more people to watch. More people are going to watch Dynamite. I'm not saying it's going to be 2 million viewers, and but I will say this. Something no one's talked about yet. But we are because I'm smarter. we're smarter than everybody in this game. Yes, we are. I don't think it'll take long for Dynamite to beat Raw. Oh, no. I could have agreed with that. I didn't even have to put my glasses on. You say it right now, it's it's going to be April 13th. I will say by the end of June, Dynamite will beat Raw at least one week. At least one. I don't disagree. Raw hasn't given us a reason to watch other than Bobby Lashley winning the world title. And that was after a – I got frustrated by the time that it was happening because I'm like, okay, either have the match or stop teasing this crap. Like the whole, oh, it's going to happen at 9 o'clock. Well, now we're going to change it to 10 o'clock Easter. Now we're going to change it to this and this. Just do the damn match. Don't put so much – don't overdo it. Make it what it is. World title match. The Miz doesn't show up, he forfeits the title. 
Lashley wins, he's a champion. Done. That's all you had to do. None of this shenanigans had to get Adam Pierce involved, John Morrison. I had cramps at 8 o'clock Eastern time. I couldn't wrestle. That was all BS, and it was annoying. Just have the match, man. Everybody knew Lashley's winning. He's going to beat the hell out of, like, and I forgot, I can curse you. Beat the fuck out of this. Swear, baby. It's done. Just have it done. He's dominating. He's the almighty. Make it show like that. The more you brought him out and brought it back in, you just delayed the inevitable and you basically challenged the intelligence of the of the fans. At that point, just have the match and call it a day. That's it. That's the problem with WWE nowadays. They do too much. They overbook shit. This did not need yeah, it did not need to be overbooked. It was straight and simple. You both show up. One of you gets your ass kicked. The other one does the ass kicking. One, two, three, game over. Or tap out, game over. You know, the, shock, the shocking thing was the fact there were people that stayed. They had a good amount of people. That rating didn't go down much. And that was shocking. Was very yeah. surprised in that. But no, the way they drug that out was. I get why they did it. It was shit horrible. Yeah. It was like watching paint dry. It's like, oh, I have cramps. I can't wrestle. Oh, fuck. What? To me, that's funny. Sophomore humor. I can be down for some sophomore humor from time to time. The only I'm- thing I would have enjoyed more than him having cramps if it's Lashley walks to the backstage and literally picks up Morrison and throws him halfway across the room. That would have saved the, <laughs> the segment. But it's just like, going to beat you tonight, and then he lets it go and go. Just didn't make sense. Let's answer these last couple questions here from comments from Richard. Richard McPhee, Tony Khan can't be another Dixie Carter with a huge announcement. Wow. This one I thought I seen and heard it all. Comparing Tony Khan to Dixie Carter. But that's not a wrong assessment. I don't think. It depends on on the announcement on Sunday. If it's Christian or RVD or... That's a failure. That's a loss. As much as I like Christian, as much as I love RVD, it would be a failure. All right. Let's get to this one. Will Israel's power be the same at 205? He'll have speed, but can he absorb getting hit by bigger fighters? That's the question. We're going to see. I think that's I think that's the one of the huge questions going into this fight is – can that power resonate in the 205? It's different when you look at Cormier, when Cormier went back to heavyweight. The power was just, the power was there. The same thing with Connor. Connor had fought at 55 before. The power, the power was just fine. That's the question here. Then that's the question here with Israel. The McDonald's Wi-Fi. As to keep going on Steve's point, is it going to be the same power? Is he going to be able to? So that's the question of the fight. That's where it comes down to. We can discuss Israel's speed versus Blanchard's power. It basically comes down to is Israel going to be able to absorb getting hit by Blackowitz? Blackowitz. Yeah, Blackowitz is... 
This is a guy that, and this is why when you mentioned the betting odds at plus 210, this is a guy that steamrolled to get the like heavyweight champion. He steamrolled Dominic Reyes, a guy that almost beat John Jones, who is arguably one of the greatest of all times to ever do it. And you're having him as this much of a favorite. In my opinion, I still pick Izzy here. I still pick on Asaya, but at the same time, it's closer than most people think because the speed versus power. Is Anasaya going to be able to take the power, absorb the hits of Jem Blakowitz, who hits like a freaking freight train? You can ask Dominic Reyes that question. How hard does he hit? Is he going to be able to take it? Is he able going to be able to hit Blakowitz as much as Blakowitz is hitting him? That's that's the question to be seen. That's the question coming into Saturday. Either way, it's going to be a good fight to watch. So tune in. Then as we wait for Steve to get back here. And will Israel will AEW and I'm jumping to the next question here. Will AEW help impact more to load up against NXT? I don't think AEW's concerned. I know that sometimes they take, you know, like the white siding and everything, take shots at WWE here and there, but I don't think they're concerned with competing with NXT. I think the plan that they currently have with Impact is a good plan to have, especially because Impact Wrestling benefits AEW in helping them with the women's division, as that's what AEW lacks in in the main t- like the main side of things. But AEW helping Impact and New Japan and all these areas. Steve is computer's going crazy. Basically, ends up being. Beneficial for all companies involved, whether it's against NXT or not, that remains to be seen. But brand-wise, NXT is going to blow Impact out of the water. It's unfortunate because everybody at Impact does a great job, but at the same time, you got to face reality. WWE is too big of a company for Impact to even consider being beaten by them. AEW will send talent over there, but it, you can't have you know, all your talent show up at once. Like Dean, like John Moxley shows up every week or anything like that. That's not going to happen. It'll probably be more of the same bullet club here and there. They, you know, the good brothers, Kenny Omega, young bucks might make an appearance, but nothing out of the ordinary and just solidify the brand. Impact can't worry about the WWE. That's what killed them when they were TNA in 2010. They were trying to compete with an entity that was much, much bigger than them instead of being their own brand, which is what made them successful to begin with. The wrestling. Stick to your thing. Don't compete against somebody that's bigger than you by far in the WWE. Just stick to your plan and just worry about your own company. And I think that's what AEW needs to do in order to stay successful. That's what they've been doing. They take shots here and there. But they're their own thing. They're the more wrestling show. Same thing for NXT. They don't worry about Raw. They don't worry about SmackDown. They do their own thing. And that's why they are successful. Look at Raw. (laughs) They worry about everything. That's why they're not. Now, as we wait for Steam to get back here, if you guys have any comments, questions, comments, concerns, follow the Walkway to Fight Club on here on Facebook. Just like the page below. Subscribe. Follow. Give us a like, share the content, 
listen to our uh, the podcast tomorrow as it will be posted at 5 a.m. on Spotify, Twitch, Apple, uh, Apple, I think, Apple Podcast, um, iHeartRadio also has it on there. Listen to it on there as after we're done talking here, John Moxley's interview with Steve Milhausen. About 30 minute video or a 30 minute interview with John Moxley when they talk about Ahmed Johnson, the upcoming main event against Kenny Omega. They talk about Renee Young. They talk about, or Renee Paquette, as she is now known. They talk about everything. Great interview with Steve. Make sure you stay tuned to listen to that. You can follow me on Twitter at DYBodego21. You can follow us on Instagram at WalkwayFight, all lowercase. Also follow the Facebook page on here. Give us a like, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel. As we have a lot of content from the past, you can listen to interviews from Goldberg, CM Punk, Dana White, uh, Max Holloway. We got a lot of content on there, and we got a lot of content coming up here. A lot of fun stuff that we're going to be doing. Uh, looking forward to all of it. Hopefully we can get Steve back here so he can share his Twitter account because I'm not entirely familiar how to spell his last name. So it's awful, but at the same time, he has a lot of letters on that last name. But as for everything else, Twitter, Instagram, follow the page if you have comments, questions, concerns, we answer as many comments as we possibly can. Can't get to all of them, unfortunately, but we do get to as many as possible. All right, so Steve is still working on his computer. I apologize for all the technical issues, but quality show, a lot lot that we discuss on AEW. MMA this week and UFC 259, uh, headlined by Israel Isaiah. There he is. I hit the abyss. Man, you, somebody hit you with the black hole slam, huh? My computer got hit by the black hole slam. Holy my <laughs> But the kind of cap off the question that Richard had, that's going to be the biggest key to the fight. How will Adesanya handle that first shot? I think that's going to tell a lot. That first flush shot, if he handles it well, okay. I think, I think maybe it's gonna be it's gonna be a different complexion. But if he doesn't handle that well, and you'll be able to tell pretty quick. If not, I think it's gonna be a long night for Adesanya, and I think we're going to see the upset. All right, let's end with this question. Will AEW help Impact more to load up against AE against NXT? Now that is an interesting question. Rich, I don't think they will. That's a great way to end. Great question. I don't think they will go out of the norm that they're doing now. Yeah. Personally, I don't think they should either. I think they'll help them. You'll still see Omega. I think soon you'd start seeing the Bucks, depending on how soon they start that program with Gallows and Anderson. But I think you'll see that maybe – I know Sting's wanted to do some stuff to help them out as well. So I think you're going to get a really a good 
I think you're going to get a good mix. I think it's going to be – it's not going to be as much as everyone I think would like it to be. And don't count out the fact either. You think Vince is not going to have something up his sleeve? You know he's going to do something on Wednesdays. It's just a matter – He maybe he changes his mind and puts NXT somewhere else. Maybe on Fox Sports, maybe FS1. You can't put nothing past this guy. No, nope. I don't. NXT was put on USA to kill AEW, plain and simple. Nothing more, nothing less. Sorry to disappoint people, but that's what he was there. That's what they were there for. I'm not disappointed. I can watch it on cable TV instead of flying into the WWE Network for $9.99. I do love the fact they're going to be on Peacock, and it's going to only cost me $4.99 a month. Oh, I get it for free with Xfinity. Love it. Look at you. Oh, with your bad self. Saving some money. <laughs> How good by the way. It's pretty good. It's got a lot of good content. It's all about the office, dude. Yeah. It's all about. about That's the only thing you need. I'm right now, man. Let's see. Right now, Amazon. Man, my kids love that Amazon Prime, man. They got some killer cartoons on there. Oh, my God. They got some good ones. Coming to America 2 is going to be on tomorrow. Ah! (laughs) Oh, I'm spending my Friday night watching Coming to America 2. Oh my God, I've been waiting for that. Amazon Prime solid. You did me a solid with HBO Max. Oh my God. Sesame Street has been a lifesaver. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh my God. They also got the Cartoon Network classics too. Oh my God. I'm like, I just like look, I didn't look at that yet, but I saw that and I was like, but Tom and Jerry, you hooked me up big time with Tom and Jerry, man. Nice. That was a jam. Tom and Jerry is a kid. I was like reliving my youth. I still watch it to this day. Screw reliving your... I still watch it to this day on Sunday mornings when I got nothing else to watch. What channel is it on? Oh, I just get it on YouTube. You can get like a five-hour link that just plays on a loop. Oh, shit, yeah. I'm going to do that Sunday morning. Yeah, they got Looney Tunes too. And I'm going to tell my oldest, it's my birthday, bitch. Do it, (laughs) Like, I'm giving a hard time because all I – because I found out she's throwing me a party. Whatever. I'm not the world's biggest party guy, but whatever. She wants to do it. I'm not going to begrudge her. But I'm like – she's like, well, what do you want for dinner? You know what I told her? I want pizza and wings. Let's get a bunch of pizzas. Give me a crap ton of wings. Give me some beer. And I'm good to go. The dinner of champions. You know what? I said that. I'm like, why are you getting so mad at the fact I just want pizza? I want wings. I'm a simple human being. I don't need all that pomp and circumstance. I told her, I just want you, the kids, my mom. Anyone else pathetic? As long as I see you guys on my birthday, just give me some. That's all I need. 
I'm a simple man, Daryl. I don't need all the extracurricular activities that go along with the birthday celebration. Yes, I'm going to be 40. Yes, I'm pissed. But that's yeah, okay. I'm going to turn chicken shit into chicken salad, and it's just a number. You know? Damn right. Damn right. What, now, what are your plans for the weekend before we head off into – Well, we we're still – We are still currently shopping around for a couch, so we're going to be doing that. Um, my niece – I got my niece's uh, gift – for Christmas still in my car. So I haven't been able to see her because of COVID and everything like that. But delivering that on Saturday as well. Got her a little punching bag uh, set, like a boxing set. She's two and a half. And she's oh, going to love beautiful. it. She's going to love it. Getting her hooked wow. right away. I'm like, hey, future champ right here. There you go. So, and then, son, get back. Going to watch some, uh, some UFC. And then on Sunday, get ready for the pay-per-view at night. So what's your final decision? Are you getting... Sorry. Are you getting Revolution? I'm getting Revolution. It's happening. Is that the final decision? That's the final decision. It's happening. It is happening. Now Now, I will need to see some proof. I will need to see you watching it. I think you need to put it up on our social media. I'll put it on, I'll put it on Instagram. Because you're one of the cheapest people I know. When it comes I mean, to order. I pay for the stuff that's worth it. That's all I got to say. So this is worth it to you. This is worth it. How do you look at this match card and not think it's worth it? Plus, you look at the surprise... Potential aspects I got to know. Are you do you stream illegally stream pay per views? No. You're not that guy. No. If it's something that I really have to watch, I'll find a way to get it. But more often than not, I just either go to a friend's house, go to a bar, and watch it, or just look for the results online. That's it. I always have to watch. Even if, like, I'm not covering it and I know it's not getting reimbursed. Because my wife will be like, well, why do, why are you going to watch this if you're not working? I'm like, because I'm still – it's still my profession. I have – I need to keep up on what's going on. She's like, well, you can read it online. I'm like, well, what does that do? It doesn't do anything. It's just the results. That's not telling me, like, anything specific that I need to know beyond who won and who lost. It's hard to gauge it all, like off of social media and gauge like someone's opinion. Yeah. It's hard for me. It is very, very hard for me. And but I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch Monday. It's gonna pain me not to watch Sunday. Should I, Daryl, tell my wife, and I'm gonna have my family here. Should I just tell my family, listen, buttercups, you're watching wrestling. You're going to watch the exploding barbed wire deathmatch. It's a bold movement for on your end, but it's your birthday. 
This is your one day a year where you can do whatever the fuck you want. So you're saying I just tell them the fuck. I'm not telling you anything because I don't want Lynn on my bad side. I'm telling you do what you want. Yeah, she. See, you're not helping me out here. I'm being impartial. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like the impartial shit. You're on my team. You're on Team Steve. Hey, on if I'm okay. Fight. Okay. If I'm on Team Steve, then yeah, I'm I would tell you, ask Glenn, hey, we're watching wrestling. It's happening. It's my birthday. Happy birthday to me. We're watching Revolution. We're gonna watch some people explode. On Lynn's side. Playing Lynn's side. Lynn, if you're listening. She's at work, so she maybe. I should say that. Oh, God. She maybe. It's gonna be, you're gonna get a text. It's like, who's this motherfucker? <laughs> oh, you're a very popular man in my house. Oh boy. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It is a good thing. Okay. It is a good thing. <laughs> but at that point, if I'm Team Steve, then yes. I'm telling my family, hey, we're watching wrestling. Two people are going to explode tonight. I'm going to watch it. And the internet might blow up depending on who comes into the show as a surprise entrance. Plus, i got to text my boy Daryl and let him know what I think as well. Uh, hey, shit sucked. Shit was awesome. Keep going. I just want to see someone explode. And live. It's fun. All right. I Darryl. remember. I remember one night, and I'll leave this. I'll leave with this. There was a match in IWA in Puerto Rico. It was back when I lived in Puerto Rico, and I was watching. You know, I think it was 2007. It was a minor, like a minors match, something like that. Me, gold mine match. It was a gold mine match. You had four briefcases in each corner. One briefcase had the title. The other three had explosives. If you opened the wrong one, it was going to blow up in your face. I thought it was the coolest shit ever. <laughs> Hopefully, we get huh. to see something like that on Sunday. IWA Puerto Rico. Now, is, can I Google this? Can I YouTube this? Yeah, it's called I'll, – I'll see if I can find it, and I'll send you the link. And in return, I would ask that you send me the Terry Funk <laughs> death match in Japan. Oh, I'm gonna find it. I'll find that for you. Absolutely. Yes. All right, Daryl. Where can the fans find you? What's your social media, Daryl? Because I know some people may be illiterate and not be able to read. We sometimes we for people we this is the combat sports show. We're all not the brightest people in the box. Where That's can fair. the fans find you? Media. You can find me on Twitter at dyboricua21. It's spelled down below. B o r i c u a uh, twenty one. Or on Instagram, Daryl seventeen Rivera. Or on Facebook, my name should be on top somewhere on the link. And then uh, the Walkway to Fight Club Instagram is Walkway Fight, all lowercase. Follow us for content and everything like that. As uh, you know, starting this weekend, hoping we can get a lot more content showing up on the Instagram, including me actually watching the pay per view. Yes, I'm that, that cheaper. I'll put this people one. in the world. If we don't have anything up, you are fired. Oh, man. Can I just hire my own? (laughs) 
I do not have any, if there is no documentation and it's not, you can't send a picture to me that doesn't count. The universe, the world needs to see this. They need to see you watching this show. Do I need to be in the picture? Yes. Somehow, some way, you need to be in this picture. Nah, you think right. you could do that? Sure. You don't seem to like filled with like the prospect of the fact that you have to do this. Oh no, I'm I'm fine doing it. I just don't like being in pictures. <laughs> okay, this is what you can do. I'll make this easier for you. I have to see in some way of you watching this show. Whether it's you laying on the couch and doing a selfie of you watching, you do something like that. I would, they would be more than fine. Fair enough. It'll be posted on Sunday, seven o'clock Eastern, six central. Live and only Only live on the walkway to fight club Instagram. Now, how do we know that you're just not watching an episode of Dynamite? I, I think we need, like, a little video. Now, I, you know, that's what I think we need. We need a video. I mean, I mean, there's a title page at the beginning of the show that says AEW Revolution. You know, I think you need to go, because the pre-show is an hour, 6 to 7 Central. I think at, like, 8.05 Eastern, 7.05 Central Standard Time. That's what I think we need it. All right. I'm demanding. I will post it. 7.05 Central Time. I'm demanding. It's going, on, it's going on the page. I greatly apologize, everybody. Um, I don't know what's going on. I promise I will have a new computer by when we come back on next. I think we'll probably come on Monday. If you say I have no more listeners, but I do greatly apologize for that, for the technical difficulties. It will not happen again. I do promise. Daryl, let's run through that one more time. Where can the fans find you on social media? Uh, the way would equal 21 on Twitter or the Instagram at the walkway to fight club, all lowercase. Um, and yeah, that would be it. You can find me on Twitter, Housing JR. You can find me on Instagram at Housing MMA. You can find the like Daryl said. You can find the podcast on. Uh, we have a page on Instagram, Walkway to Fight Club. Here at Walkway Fight, Facebook. Just type in the Walkway to Fight Club. Do not forget John Moxley. This will be at the end of this interview. At the end, of, we're gonna log off here in a minute. I'm gonna do my fine editing, and then there'll be an interview with John Moxley as he headlines AEW Revolution against Kenny Omega. The exploding bar. I'm forward to that. All right. So I think Stevie left us here. But John Moxley interview after the podcast, uh, talking about all things wrestling as always, as John Moxley is one of the biggest fans of wrestling in history. And obviously his talking about his main event match on Sunday's AEW Revolution, exploding barbed wire death match. It's going to be violent. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be 
all of the above. So watch it. Make sure you tune into the podcast afterwards to listen to that interview. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe. Like the page on Facebook. It really helps out the page a lot. Share it with your friends. If you have combat sports or uh, fans, friends that are combat sports fans, share it with them as well. And then uh, basically go from there. Again, UFC 259 this Saturday, AEW Revolution on Sunday. Tune in. We will probably be back on Monday to discuss everything that happened over the weekend. And then uh, from DY, Steve, uh, McDonald's Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys on Monday. I do apologize, and I will, I will wrap it up properly. And I do apologize to Daryl that. It's very unprofessional. I do apologize. I don't understand what's going on on this computer. But don't forget, at the end of this podcast, listen to our interview. Listen to the interview I did with John Moxley. Repeat preview revolution, the exploding barbed wire death match with Kenny Omega, live and only on pay-per-view this coming Sunday. We talk about that. We talk about if you watched anything from the, the previous Japanese barbed wire death matches. We talk about that, what his wife thinks. Who the best wrestler in the world is? Thoughts on CM Punk and a whole lot more. Rate, review, download, subscribe to the audio. The audio will be up tomorrow on Friday morning. First thing in the morning, it will be up. Thank you guys so much. I greatly apologize. This is Steven Milhausen. We will see you Monday night. And here is the interview with the one and only John Moxley. Hi, John. How are you? Hello? Hi, John. How are you? Oh, what's up? I'm good, John. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for taking the time out, John. It's greatly appreciated. And, you know, we got a couple days before we get to the pay-per-view. And is, is, the, is the excitement there yet? Is the energy there yet? Or is it still going to take a couple days for that to get ready for Sunday? Uh, no, it's not there. I'm getting... Uh... getting i'm pretty uh emotionally invested in this now you know uh first i heard of this this match you know exploding ring barbed wire death match obviously sounds pretty crazy and uh i was like they're not really gonna let us do this man somebody's gonna pull the plug on this tnt or something like nah this ain't really gonna happen i almost didn't let myself get too excited about it the first time I heard it, and I was like, nah, something will happen, you know. And now that it's really here and doing an interview, and it's the week of the pay-per-view, and I'm in Jacksonville, and uh, it's actually real, and we're talking about it. It's like, oh, this is we're really this is really going down. This is going to be cool. Now it's uh, it's pretty exciting. I'm in a pretty, uh, pretty good mood about it. The fans are really excited, too, which is really cool, so. When you you know when something's cool, man, and you, when the fans are really excited, you know and you feel it, and it's like uh, it's such a good position to be in. That's you know what we uh, what we live for these moments, and uh, when you kind of can feel the anticipation in the air, it kind of hypes you up uh, to get in real headspace. You got to be in to do this uh, type of match. You know that won't come until until Sunday, but uh, 
you know, I've been there before and I've done uh, this type of thing many times. You know, this will be the stakes maybe will never have been higher, though. Uh, with the world championship on the line and, uh, you know, and your physical health, obviously, on the line because, you know, you don't want to get exploded. But that's a good chance that you might get exploded. So uh, you got to be in the right uh, frame of mind. You know, you got to be ready to just uh, go out there and just you know, step off the ledge and let the chips fall where they may. And, you know, that, that'll come on Sunday, you know. But right now, I'm just really excited. I remember we talked about a year ago, right before Revolution and in Chicago. And I remember covering the show, me and you were talking. And you could feel it then because it was a big match. The way it was built up, you guys built it really well. ton of anticipation. You could feel the energy even in the building the night of the show. And does this match feel like the match a year ago with Jericho, or is it on a completely different level to you? Um, different. I mean, we're two different stories. Um, yeah, to- two totally different things. You know, the thing with Jericho kind of was a culmination of uh, culmination of a year or so, kind of for me. Uh, not kind of. Uh, Embarkation of the top of the hill, W, and slaying the final dragon at the end, which which is Jericho, and kind of the culmination of our whole eight weeks of television storytelling, and uh, it was a real kind of culmination for me, just over the previous eighteen months from there to kind of get to the top of everything where I felt like I was the number one guy in the business, you know, and this the world championships on the line. But uh, it's different because, you know, me and Kenny just had this thing where it's like we're destined to destroy each other. Uh, and, and it's hard to even put into words. It's just like uh, sometimes two guys are just, for whatever reason, they're uh, two uh, positively charged ions or two diametrically opposed things or whatever it is. And they just, as soon as they lions and hyenas, whatever you want to call it, that just seemingly are just destined to just create explosions, actually literally in this case. From the moment I walked in AEW, I threw Kenny off a 20-foot thing and nearly killed him, put him in an ambulance. You know, that was my first night in. And then, obviously, we had the pay-per-view match uh, uh, before. We, we took it to all kinds of extreme levels of violence, you know, we haven't seen in this country in a long time. Uh, and, you know, I've dropped him on his head. He's beaten me up. We've beaten each other bloody, you know, and now uh, he's, he's uh, had a bunch of matches. He was the only guy that has ever defeated me in AEW. So it's just this thing where uh, it's been almost two years now coming, you know, from the moment I walked in AEW. And it's not even like we have this deep story or deep history of, you know, it's not like a story with like me and Eddie Kingston where we have like a personal history or, you know, we don't, me and Kenny is just like, just me and him in the same room on the same show on the same card on the same television screen, just create an, just something about the energy creates an explosion. And, uh, of all the people, uh, I've you know gone through and run through and all the all the people have dropped on their heads and choked unconscious and everything of everybody over the last two years. I've put Kenny through the ringer more than anybody. I've thrown him off 
a giant stack of poker chips of throwing them in the barbed wire of busting them open of dropping head first on a bunch of different hard surfaces you know like i put him through the ringer and he still keeps coming back for more and up in the ante so that tells you what kind of uh performer and competitor and what kind of uh kind of a screw loose performer that he is so it's just this uh real combustible thing uh and uh I don't think uh, when you talk about a exploding barbell or death match, I don't think there's any two perfect guys. If you were going to do that, you're going to try to put that on pay-per-view or you're going to try to sell tickets and put people in the building to watch this match. I don't think there's any two guys better. And definitely I don't think a better just kind of personal chemistry combustion that creates uh, an explosion. I don't think there's a better combination than, than me and Kenny Omega for this match. I don't think I'd want to do it with anybody else. Is it fair to say, John, because, you know, the, the way you described it and just seeing the interplay between you guys, am I wrong to say that you guys are, in a way, kindred spirits? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think you find that at the top level of, of this business and probably a lot of other sports. In different, uh, you know, realms of entertainment or any other endeavors, you know, in business or sports or entertainment, you know, guys at the very, very top levels who do things, you know, especially in entertainment, especially in uh, and sports and entertainment, and in uh, and definitely in in wrestling, which is a little bit of both. The guys at the very, very, very top have a certain screw loose, and you know, if you go back to the beginning of their careers, you know the way they did things differently or the way they were obsessed more or the way they a little bit harder. You know, you find that there are these seats that people have. But uh, even though on the surface, you might go, those two, two dudes are totally different people. And they might be. They might be, but uh, the, the commonality is their, you know, obsession with uh, being at the top, their obsession with uh, with what they do. And I think the commonality with me and Kenny more specifically is, uh, you know, a lot of people just want to be at the top in a very uh, literal kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? In a more literal way of like, oh yeah, I want to be the champion. I want to be in the main event. I want to be most famous. I want the most, I want to make money. I want to have the nicest, whatever, like, Whatever. They want to be, you know, the. It's important to them to be recognized as, oh, I am the top guy or whatever, in a competitive sense. I don't, whereas I think with me and Kenny, I think, and, and I've wrestled him enough times to kind of know the, uh, or I think we share the commonality is we're obsessed with the work life we're like mad scientists or artists in a way and uh although we might play slightly different music we're just as obsessed with our uh with our artwork you know that's kind of a cool thing about wrestling is you have different guys that are different slightly styles and stuff it's kind of like music whereas like the kind of the classic kenny omega matches I was kind of considered, uh, you know, the 60 match and so forth. 
kind of like, uh, like classical music, like a uh, form storytelling, very detailed ups and downs and these sweeping epic sagas. And uh, a lot of my stuff that I'm known for is, and kind of where I'm best at and what I bring to the table better than anybody, it would be like thrash metal, like fucking Anthrax Slayer, three minutes in your face, rain and blood, in, aggressive, offensive, out, in and out in three minutes, like knock your dick off. So when you combine two things, like the first time like Run DMC and Aerosmith got together, these two rock and hip hop, two different things, now we combine them, now we have walked this way, something entirely new. So I think the matches you've seen with me and Kenny, especially the last time we were on pay-per-view together, kind of have uh, the best of Kenny and the best of what I bring and create something entirely new that nobody's ever seen before. Uh, and that that's exciting. But I think the, uh, I'm going on a rant. But I think the big commonality with me and Kenny to answer your question that I've been dancing around for 10 minutes. <laughs> Not at all. No. And I think we definitely are uh, kindred spirits in that we're both, mad scientists who are both uh obsessive artists and we just really uh really care about the the work and feeling satisfied with what we created and that's the most important part to us more so than any material accomplishments i had some buddies over over the weekend to watch the canelo alvarez fight and you know, we were talking, they're also big time wrestling fans like myself, and we were sitting there talking, and they're asking about this match, and they're like, and they asked me, they're like, well, do you think they're the two best wrestlers in the world? And I'm like, I'm like, in all honesty, yeah, just because, and you described it a whole lot better than I did, just because of the diff- the unique styles you and Kenny each bring to the table. I know you don't like tooting your horn, and I know you're not that type of guy, but in the grand scheme of it all, John, do you feel that you and Kenny are the two best guys in this business? Uh, I mean, to, to answer your question very simply and uh, expediently, yes. Uh, but I'm not, uh, especially in something like wrestling, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, if you win the uh, Stanley Cup, you're the best hockey team. You know, and in wrestling, that's not necessarily the case. You know, it's it's a different, you know, thing. Uh, you know, you can be one of the best or whatever. The most important thing is, uh, you know, because how do you say, like, oh, who's better, Shawn Michaels or Ric Flair? Like, you can't pick, you know, or, you know, or uh, who's better, uh, you know, like, if your favorite wrestler going up when you were a kid was Big Ben Vader or Ahmed Johnson, then they're the best wrestler in the world to you. doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter who drew more money or who had – people think had better matches or whatever. it was like you know most important thing you just got to be the best you and uh you know I, I think i think to answer your question yes i think we are the two best wrestlers in the world right now because and if i had to answer why i'd say because what we do and especially here at AEW, is we're being the best versions of ourselves we're not being uh fettered or held back we're not being put in any boxes we're fully creating the things we want to create being the things we want to be and we're not uh being held back by just about anything you know i mean uh 
there are some things you can't do on regular television, you know what I mean? But we don't, you know, but that's about it, you know, as long as I'm not going out there, you know, uh, swearing and whipping my dick out, I can pretty much do whatever I want, you know, creatively. And I wouldn't need to anyway. Uh, you I think you're getting the best version of Kenny Omega and the best version of John Moxley on a weekly basis on Dynamite. So, yeah, I, would say, I, I don't think anybody's doing it uh, at a higher level than me and Kenny are right now. Uh, we're both in our prime, both at our peak, maybe, uh, you know, both uh, just really hitting on all cylinders. And we're in a position with AEW where we just get to go out there and uh, be given the ball and get a chance to to score touchdowns on, on a weekly basis. And uh, anybody's doing it at a higher level than us two right now. You know, you – I wasn't even going to bring his name up. I don't even have him in my – bullet points here but you said his name uh were you an ahmed johnson fan at all oh i loved ahmed really i loved everything about him i mean like if i go back and watch an ahmed johnson match now i'm like okay maybe it wasn't like you know he wasn't uh nickwinkle per se yeah but like i don't care it doesn't really ruin my it doesn't even ruin my uh feelings about him really like i loved fucking ahmed johnson the whole package he had great music yeah, the the look, the earring, the attitude. Ahmed Johnson knew exactly who he was. He was the best Ahmed Johnson that there could be. Like he he was that guy. Like, uh, I, whatever you want to say about him, whatever he knew exactly who he was. And he knew what Ahmed Johnson should be, and he went out there and did Pearl River Plunge. Love Damn it! That. Hell yeah! I awesome love that finisher, Awesome music. Good gold earring. Great look. I love Ahmed Johnson. I don't care. The earring and the Pearl River Plunge and the mute, the music and those three things really did it for me. And I'm like a big wrestling nerd. I'm, you know, I watch a lot of different old school, new school, different types of things. And for some reason last night, I was very interested in the CM Punk program with The Rock going, I think it was like 2013 Royal Rumble. And I watched it from... January, it was the first Raw of 2013. I'm watching the end of his Punk Smash with Ryback. And I see you, I, and I forgot all about this, that you came out with Seth and Roman and you beat the tar out of Ryback. And what do you remember about 2013 John Moxley? Uh, yeah, I was there for all that. We were under the ring yeah. when uh, The Rock beat the t- won the title from Punk. Uh yeah, I remember him. Uh, yeah, I remember. Like, so we were just under the ring waiting to do because we power bombed him in the dark, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I remember he was getting looking real, uh, real jacked up, real. Uh, you know, I remember Punk yelling like "Breeze, dude" or something like that. Like, <laughs> so he, like, like he was getting too excited and like we gotta go thirty minutes or something. But uh, yeah, I remember we beat the holy shit out of him and jumped him and got got a ton of heat beating up the rock and like really really put it to him. Uh in the early days of the shield really got a lot of heat for us. Uh yeah, that was uh that was in the early days when everything was real exciting back then. You know, everything was new. We were a hot new act, you know, we were creating uh, on the fly, you know, what the shield was going to be. We didn't even know. We know it was a very, and looking back on it now, it was a very intense time. Things were, uh, things were different. 
back then as far as, you know, being a young guy in the locker room and we weren't necessarily like the most beloved, liked guys when we very first came in. Uh, just because, not that, uh, I don't mean to make that sound too dramatic or anything, but, uh, you know, you come in and you're the new thing and everybody's looking at you and, you know, you kind of have a target on your back back in those days when you came in as like a new thing from developmental or whatever. And uh, we stuck together and went, screw everybody else. We are on a team. We're going to make this work. And, uh, and you know, you know, just three nobodies from SCW nobody's ever heard of and a top guy. You come up and tell him, like, oh, you're going to get beat up and powerbombed by these guys tonight. You're like, who? You know, you might not necessarily be uh, super excited about it. But, you know, it didn't take long with our work ethic and the way we uh, – the kind of matches we had and everything, especially we started put, pushing the pace and really having awesome six-mans. And wasn't long before people started to want to work with us. And we're like – shit, I want to work with those guys. Like, those matches are awesome, you know? So we were working with all the top guys, like, right off the bat. And uh, that's what we wanted, you know? We had a real real chip on our shoulder back then from just kind of feeling like we were stuck down there and nobody was paying attention to us. And this was our one shot, you know? And because uh, we'd be down there and, like, you know, Dusty used to be like, man, because it was a pretty good group of guys down there at FCW, and Dusty used to be like, give me – Give me an hour on TNT on Saturday nights. We'll take on Raw SmackDown right now. You know, just look at this group we got. And we thought we were putting on – me and Seth thought we were having some of the best matches of anybody that was getting paid by WWE. And nobody even knew who we were. We were like, we're tearing up down there on a consistent basis. And we're like we, – we thought we were having better matches than anybody on the main roster. We were like, screw that, man. So we wanted to go right to the top and prove it. So we were like – that was a lot of that is real angst and emotion and feelings. And we were like, screw them. We're so we wanted to work with those top guys. And that brought a certain edge to our matches because it was very, uh, there, there was no walking on eggshells. They're like, how, like, how should we do the match, sir? I don't want to offend anybody. Or, you know, like, we were like, we were like, nah, they're like, it was, so there were like some tense conversations and like, you know, we weren't the most popular guys at first, and but we didn't care. You know, and ultimately, look at the three of us now and the success the three of us have had. I think uh, you can look back on it and say, "Oh, they were right." I mean, we talked a bunch of shit, but we backed it all up when all was said and done. Two more it was just a very, it was a very intense time. You know, it was very like everything seemed like life or death. You know. Two more questions, John, and thank you so much for the time today. It's greatly appreciated. And, you know, back to the match on sun, coming up on Sunday. And have you taken a look back at all at the funk match with Onita or the, the funk matches with Foley? Have you taken a look back at those at all to try to get some type of idea how it's going to go on Sunday? Or are you just going to ride the wave and just however it's going to go, it's going to go? Uh not really, like a tiny little bit. Uh, but um, so when it comes to like watching stuff, like to for ideas or inspiration, you know, sometimes I'll do that. You know, something like this, you got to go back and look at it just to be like, okay, what are the rules? 
uh, we got to explain the rules to the audience. No one necessarily knows exactly what the goal is and everything. And watching some of those old crazy death matches, especially when they're like in Japanese on the old VHS, it's hard to really make sense of what the rules even are. You know, everybody's getting killed, but you know, uh, but it, you know, uh, you don't want to lean too much into like watching stuff to take stuff from because then you're not creating new stuff. You want to just like, I like to see it in my, I like to try to see it in my head and whatever that is, you know, and if you have an idea that's similar to something like in any scenario, I'm not just talking about this match, but like, if you have an idea for like an I quit match and then you, and you have it in your head, but then you go watch something for like, and I, to get ideas from, and they did something similar, then you might go, oh, no, I can't do that because they did it. And then it'll look like I'm stealing that. But as long as you're not really stealing it, then just if that's what feels right to you, do it. You might look kind of the similar, but it's the same match. So you might be a little similar or you might go. Uh, OK, that's the way that that's the way they did it. It's the way I have to do it. And now you're instead of I'd rather just completely break new ground and do like what's. Uh, was it Minami Toyota? Am I, is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah. Japanese uh, women's wrestler. Yeah, Toyota, yeah. He's like, you know, one of the best, you know, if not the best ever, and uh, created a bunch of new crazy moves and stuff. And she said something. I heard this like decades ago. Like, she never watched wrestling because she didn't want to, like, put her mind in a box. She created all the stuff out of her, just out of, out of thin air because she didn't want her wrestling to look like anybody else's or anything. So she made a point to never watch anything. But uh, I'm in a media call. All right. Betty Kingston bugging me. Oh, it's Get uh, always take time for Ed. Uh, yeah. So I like to answer your question. I, I like to try to see it in my head more so than uh, take uh I would take inspiration more of stuff of just like thoughts or feelings or uh, kind of general vibes or, uh, um, you know, all this stuff is like, you know, the moves and the spots and the finishes and all that, you know, a lot of the stuff that you would think you would take from matches, you know, in any scenario, but none of that is the important part. What we're doing here is telling stories and, uh, you know, that's, that's what I do. I just go town to town, singing my songs, telling some stories. Hopefully you like it. Maybe you remember it. Uh, we're just telling stories. So it's all about, like, how did this make you feel? Or how did this, uh, you know, so I'd t- more so than, like, just copying spots or moves or whatever, I'd be like, oh, okay. They, there's always, like, a river of a story running underneath anything. So I, that's the way I look at stuff, more, more so. So yeah, there's there's stuff from those matches that you know. How did that emotionally make somebody feel or whatever? And that yeah, I I I take the uh, the storytelling elements more so than just like the ABCs of things. And I'll get stuff from movies, from TV shows, from books, you know, from music, listening to lyrics, songs that tell stories in them. You know, I'll take from all. Anything that's telling a story is where I'll, I'll take my ideas from. And, it, you know, I'll, 
and I'll try to like uh, put that into the medium of of pro wrestling. You know, I was I was watching the episode of Dynamite where they announced the match between Kenny and my wife. My wife doesn't watch often, and she looked at me and she's like, "What the heck? I would never want you to do something like that." And I looked on Twitter after the show and. I seen your, I followed your wife on Twitter as well, and I, she did seem pretty excited that you were going to put yourself through this this type of match. And has your is does your wife understand now what's about to happen on Sunday, or she's still really freaked out about what could possibly happen to you on Sunday night? Um, I think she's uh, come to the point of acceptance <laughs> that uh. This is what I do, and uh, th- there's just no other. You know, you can uh, you can't domesticate you know a wild animal for for too long. What's the analogy I'm looking for? Like, you know, you can put uh, you can't tame the wild beast. Yeah, you can put a friggin' tuxedo on a on a wolf. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's still going to want to get out there and run and hunt. And that's a terrible analogy. I don't have the right analogy. But, like, at the end of the day, you know, you can not do things. And for, at the end of the day, you're going to be who you are and do the things that you need, you know, and, uh, to fulfill your soul and your creativity and everything. Like I said, me and Kenny are both mad scientists, artists, and, you know, part of uh, what we do takes a, a certain amount of physical risk. I think she uh, has come to understand that it's just like it come like that's part of the package that comes with me. Like you don't get that. You don't get me without that. Otherwise, you know, I would just my soul would die and I would explode right. That that would explode me. Not the exploding barbed wire ring. Like I, I would be sitting there on the couch one day and my soul would die and I would just explode. If I couldn't do the thing that I like to do, and that—that's all the stuff I like to do. In some way, is like physically bad for me. Unfortunately, you know everything I like from the way I train to the things I do recreationally. Uh, you know, I like to be out in the mountains on my bike. I like to train. I like, you know, right now my neck's all jacked up because I was training this weekend and you know doing neck cranks and stuff and and doing a bunch of live wrestling and doing these neck cranks and my neck's all messed up and i'm like why am i it's like why am i i'm like can't walk and i go into a trainer earlier and i'm like get my neck fixed like what'd you do and i'm like i was training and I'm like, it's like your day off you should and you got a death match coming up why are you letting people crank on your head i'm like i don't know it's what i do i just can't i like everything hurts me in some way or another but uh she puts up with it you know like that i just i have to do these things uh I have to like really uh get in there and feel it, you know, I'm not satisfied just like thinking about it or reading about it or watching somebody else do it. Like I got to get in there and uh feel, you know, physical satisfaction and gratification. I've been, I got to tell these stories I want to tell out in the ring and part of that is, you know, part of it comes with a risk. And we'll end with this, John. 
and the, the, the big hard sell. Why should fans watch Revolution this coming Sunday, live and only on pay-per-view in the United States, the exploding barbed wire death match between you and AEW world champion Kenny Omega? I think you have to watch this weekend, you know, not only because it's going to be an amazing pay-per-view top to bottom with, uh, you know, AEW's got maybe the most stacked talent roster or one of them in the world right now. And we're just, uh, I think one of the best, best pay-per-views going right now. You know, that's not even a, uh, it's not a shot at anybody or anything. I just think we have the best. I think it's just a fact, you know, I think we're uh, hitting on all cylinders right now. Top to bottom, we've never not delivered a big home run on a pay-per-view as far as the best, every kind of wrestling from high flying wrestling to tag team wrestling to the main event, whatever it is. So, you know, you're never disappointed. It's always worth your money to, to get an AEW pay-per-view and for the main event specifically, I think you're going to see something you're guaranteed to see a type of match. You've never seen on, on American soil, first of all. And, uh, that you haven't seen anywhere in decades. And, and, not only is it maybe the most dangerous type of match ever, the most uh, spectacularly violent type of match ever, uh, probably the best two wrestlers uh, to ever attempt it or engage in it, both at the same time, you know, are, are going to be doing it. So, you know, having, uh, you know, it's not just... Uh, it's not just an exploding barbed wire death match. It's the two best wrestlers in the world. Uh, as we spoke about earlier, having a exploding barbed wire death match. So it, it's something going to be something incredibly special. May never happen again. Uh, maybe a complete, absolute disaster. But either way, people are going to be talking about it for decades to come. So you definitely want to be there live to make sure that uh, you were a part of it or remember it when you are talking about it for the next 20 years. I'm looking forward to the match on Sunday, John. It's always good to talk to you. One year later, we get to talk once again before Revolution. So, a pleasure, John. The best of luck on Sunday, John. I'm looking forward to a great match, and hopefully you'll walk out once again the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. That's the plan. Thank you, Thank you, man. Have a good one. All right. And that is... The AEW world, not the AEW. That is John Moxley, who will be challenging Kenny Omega for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship this coming Sunday, AEW Revolution, at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, an exploding barbed wire death match. I'm going to say it one more time. An exploding barbed wire death match. Good Lord. You better buckle up. You better grab the refreshments, the beer, the food, go to the bathroom before that match begins. Because I'm going, because I'm telling it right now, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be one hell of a match. Thank you to John Moxley. Thank you to AEW for setting it up. This is Steven Mielhausen. Make sure you like the Walkway to Fight Club. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Just type in, in the search, en- search tab, fi- Walkway to Fight Club, on Twitter, at Walkway Fight. We have an Instagram, Walkway to Fight Club, and download, rate, review, subscribe, and all your favorite podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, you name them, the Walkway to Fight Club is there. 
Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to John Moxley. This is Stephen Mielhausen, and I'll talk to you guys next time.